0: Stand by to launch Fanstream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP,
1: it is so good to hear you back on the air.
0: Stand by. Now, here's JP.
2: Alright, welcome in to a hump day edition of the JP Peterson Show. We're so excited to be with you. We are man, we are close to draft. We're thirty, what, five hours away from the NFL draft?
1: Finally. Yeah.
2: Know, Finally.
1: Takes forever.
2: My goodness. Yeah, they put you know, they moved it back basically a month. Yeah. To where it used to be.
1: I was gonna say kind
2: of feel like it's always takes too long to get there too.
1: I was gonna say too, is there any way we could do this process like maybe a month after the Super Bowl?
2: Yeah, because move, like speed it up. This
1: whole process yeah, yeah. is so exhausting of like nitpicking every player. I, th- and everything. I think they
2: moved it back because they get so much pre draft coverage. It's like there was set there was like a, exactly there was a 2 month almost dead period for the NFL so if they move that back it just condenses everything or actually it spreads everything out so they can just keep talking and keep talking and keep talking and keep talking and it's funny because you know guys like Anthony Richardson who we're going to talk about a lot today you know start like oh, nobody's going to draft him you know remember back in the days like guys <laughs> yeah. you, you know how could he be a, and I and we were saying look we're going to be talking about Anthony Richardson coming to the Buccaneers for as we get closer to the draft. It's going to get there, there, and here we are. What did we see? Two mock drafts today that have Anthony Richardson being
1: with yeah, the nineteenth pick from very credible in the 2023 people. The twenty twenty
2: three NFL draft. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Anthony Richardson.
1: Yeah, and a third having the Bucks pass on him.
2: Yeah, mind you. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, we're going to get into it today, and 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 I think. What you have to do is kind of be in the mindset of the owners, number one, then Dave Canales, number two. And I, you know who I think is not going to have as much pull in this draft and should not, frankly, it's Todd Bowles.
1: I don't think he'd ever be on, on board with drafting a quarterback oh, hell in the no. first round. No, no.
2: I, not, not when you have, you know, he, I'm sure that he believes that Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask are, are good options. And as good as anybody in this draft, not not their ceiling obviously in the draft, but where they are right now. And what does Todd Bowles care about? Right now, he cares about right now. And this is and this is not a knock on Todd Bowles at all. But as an organization, you have to kind of limit what, how much pull he's going to have in this draft. And that sounds odd, but I think you know when you set up this dysfunctional. Transfer of power that goes back, you know, to almost two years now. This is what you get. You get a draft process where you have a head coach that is in limbo. It's kind of a, a, you know, whatever you want to say about it. I don't think you you can't honestly sit here and say that Todd Bowles is not on the hot seat or not in limbo. You know, it's just, it's just not being honest. And and if that is the case, how do you? Sit there and say, "Okay, he's going to have a huge input in who we draft here." It, this has to be a, a organizational decision, and again, this is not to slight Todd Bowles, but this is how it works in in the NFL. There are hard choices that have to be made. There are people that are going to have to say, hmm, you know, like this conversation that's going to go on today with the Jets. Like, think about this: as, as you know, he sits down with Robert Sala and and he's going to go. So you're coming to the OTAs, right? To you know you're going to be here almost every day. Rogers you mean. Yeah. Right, yeah, Rod, Rogers. You're going to be here almost every day to work with these receivers and to, to become, you know, our our leader and we're putting a lot into you and he's like, "Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I got some ayahuasca to go smoke. I got I got some dark rooms to go into." Or maybe he will just, you know, just give a finger to the to the Packers. Oh, I'm all in. I'll be here every day. I don't know. But when that, these are tough questions. He doesn't have to be. He's getting paid a lot of money. It's all voluntary. He can just go. Eh. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. And these are tough questions. Robert Sala doesn't want to hear that. The Jets organization doesn't want to hear that. Wait, wait to the media. Right. You know, the media will go bananas. And and when Todd Bowles says pounds the table and says, you know. I, I got to get this edge rusher. I got to have this edge rusher. This is the edge rusher we need. An edge rusher, and Anthony Richardson's sitting there, or Will Levis is sitting there, and J- Jason Light's got to go. Sorry, sorry. We got, we got, we got, we got. We don't have a quarterback. We don't have a long-term quarterback. Three choices are better than two. Um, sorry, and, and it's not it, as much as Bucks fans want this to be about this year and this time and let's go. It's not. It's not. It's just you're not in the position right now. You're not one player away. You're not that key. You know, When, when we drafted Tristan Wirfs, that was a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. That was a no-brainer, and it was a key to winning a Super Bowl, quite frankly, and Antoine Winfield as well. It's a great draft. Those guys helped out way more in the Super Bowl season think, than I think. And if you go back to those, that draft, and it goes a different way, I don't think the Bucks win the Super Bowl. I don't think so. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's any of these other tackles would have come in and been as ready to play and as good a fit as Tristan Worfs would, would have was. I don't think... They were all a little slow yeah, to start. Yeah, so, it, you know, that's how important... But this draft isn't that way. You don't have a Tom Brady coming in. You don't have... You have a lot of question marks. And the biggest question mark you have, you can talk about edge rusher and offensive tackle and safety and <laughs> inside linebacker if something happens with Devin White. You can talk about all of it, but
1: you need a quarterback. Yeah. You do not have a long-term quarterback. And it's, it's why my opinion on this, my final opinion, I've settled on this a day before the draft, 36 hours or whatever it is, I don't have to like Anthony Richardson as much. I don't have to like Will Levis as much. But if those two guys fall to 19 or one of them falls to 19 – and the Bucks, I'm sure, love both. Let's be honest. I'm sure they love both. And if they truly feel that they have somebody that can be the future starter in Tampa Bay, and the Bucks have never been able to find that guy through the draft, and I think eventually we would all agree, long-term success, you're going to have to fix that. You're going to have to get a guy in the draft. That's right. And if you get a guy who's perceived to be, in this case, a top-five prospect, and Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, potentially, because they could go in the top five tomorrow for they all we They could.
2: Have. Will Levis is now 4-1. to one. Yeah. He has gone from 60 to 1 to 4 to 1 to be the number 1 pick in the NFL draft to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Now, they don't build those casinos on stupid hunches. No, they do not. Somebody knows something. Somebody knows something. And that might be a good little bet to throw down right yeah. now
1: because yeah. somebody knows something. And so if one of those two guys falls to 19, you're the Bucks Again, I don't have to like him. You don't have to like him. The fan base doesn't have to be all for it. But if you're Jason like, you kind of have to. Yeah. You kind of have to because it's the most important position on the field. And at 19, the perceived value there is probably too hard to pass up. It's too hard to pass up. It's the same conversation, and it's a little bit different. I get it because it's a running back. It's kind of the same thing we talked about last week when it, became, when it comes to like a Bajan Robinson. There's going to be a team somewhere in that 10 to 20 range, if mm-hmm. he's sitting there, mm-hmm. that's going to have to play that game of, I know you don't draft a running back in the first round, but this guy is perceived to be a top three player in the, in the draft, a, a sure thing as there is probably, right? And if he's there, and this includes the Bucks as well, yep, yep. they're going to consider it. You have to. You have to consider it.
2: Look, you know, B. John Robinson, look, as much as I like Rashad White, and I don't like taking running backs in the first round, I would have taken Dalvin Cook. I, I pounded the table to take Dalvin Cook. And
1: that's why. Does Jason because Dalvin to make Cook that was, was, mistake again? Because
2: Dalvin Cook was special. Yeah. I knew it because I'd seen him, every carry he had with zero offensive line, and I mean zero, at Florida State, just dominate games against some good teams. He was special. He is special. He has been special, and he would have been a great pick. So you, there are certain guys, you know, in, in certain
1: situations,
2: like the Giants and Saquon Barkley. The Giants had a chance. They didn't have a quarterback.
1: Yeah, and they went and took Saquon Barkley. And that was a draft that had five guys go in the first round. Right. Mind you, a quarterback. And I'm trying to remember which ones they passed on. They passed on Sam Darnold. They passed on Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. They passed on Lamar Jackson. And they passed on Josh Allen. Whoops. But whoops,
2: yeah. Whoops, to get a running back. And, and I've heard people say, well, this guy's every bit as good as Saquon. What has Saquon won? Nothing. Because they haven't had a quarterback. They haven't had a quarterback. Have you got a quarterback? And, and listen, it's
1: taken come, five years for them to get to the postseason.
2: Right. And if all, and if these, you know, if, if Levis isn't there and Richardson's gone and you don't think Hooker's the guy and Bijan John Robinson's standing there I'd, and you take him as the Buccaneers – I don't love taking running backs, but that guy, you don't think he's going to have an impact? Now, what do you do with Rashad White, though? And, and here's the thing. Is it, <laughs> could Rashad White in this offense be as productive as Bijan Robinson? Hell yeah. I think he can be.
1: But, again, you can do it with both, though. You can do it with both. And, I, exactly. and I, as I keep saying, if you, don't take, if, if you roll with Baker Mayfield this year, the most success he had in the league was when he had two blue-chip running backs behind him in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Right. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard has worked wonders, worked wonders for years. Robinson
2: is a player, and you think about this, you have between 65 and 85 snaps on offense, all mm-hmm. right? He's a player that should get 25 to 30 touches a game, in the pass game and in, in the run game. And, you know, I know he's not great in the pass game, but... Rashad White is, though. Rashad White so is. So I think
1: they'd complement
2: each other well. Yeah. But B. John Robinson is going to be an impact player. There is no question about that. You could pick a lot of guys in 19 that may be busts a lot. Yeah. Including Anthony Richardson,
1: by yeah. the way. Including and, Will Levis, by the way. And the consensus there, and we again, we have no idea what could happen. Well, there's been a lot of running backs. I take a great example. I actually watched this this morning. It was like a look back at the 2005 draft. And if you recall, Ronnie Brown went two.
2: Oh, God, yes.
1: Cedric Benson <laughs> went four. And we took Cadillac And Cadillac Williams, Williams went five.
2: Yeah, with five, think about that, three running backs in the top five, and your dumbass took the third best running back. And I love Cadillac, by the way. I sure he,
1: He's better than those two guys yeah, in the NFL. Exactly. But my point is there, you can think you have the shirt thing all you want at running back. We've heard this whole song and dance for a long time. Right. There's no guarantee that it's going to happen. Right. I mean, who was the dude that went, wasn't there a running back that went first overall in 95, Right. The Bengals took him. It might have been 94 or 95, that right? Deshaun Carter? Yes. Yeah. And I don't recall him having a lot of success in the NFL. That was back
2: in the 90s when running backs were important.
1: <laughs> I don't recall him having a lot of success in the NFL. No. Uh, no.
2: So, John Carter, because he, 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 you know, first of all, you're going to a crappy team with a terrible offensive line and no quarterback. I mean, good luck running the football. <laughs> in the not NFL, a great situation. Bro. Good luck. You know? So, so it, it depends on where you are as an organization and, and what other things you have. Behind this offensive line, with Baker Mayfield as a quarterback, to your point, Bijan Robinson is going to be a good pick. He's going to be explosive. and they need speed. But 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 the big but is, what if you don't draft Anthony Richardson? and He becomes Lamar Jackson, at thirty-one to somebody else. That's
1: then you're sitting there like and that and that's why Anthony Richardson <laughs> is is I don't know if he's the most polarizing player in this draft, maybe, or he has the highest of highs that you could see or the lowest of lows, and that's what makes it so difficult my, when it comes to my that.
2: gut feeling. About Anthony Richardson, is the more and more tape that I watched. And this is even, you know, sitting there, row 50, 50 yard line, FSU, Florida, in the end of that game, just going, you know, please don't let him out of the pocket. He will run through 12 people yeah. and, and, and score a touchdown. Like, seriously, that's, that was my. And, and he, you know, and I've also, I also seen him throw two deep balls in that game that were spot on perfect. Guys were wide open, but <laughs> spot on perfect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know he missed nine passes, and I think he was, what, nine for 27, whatever it was. And, you know, you can go back and look at a lot of drop passes. I think that particular day there were six or seven balls that hit receivers in the hands that they dropped. That's not – and, it, you know, when I, I, I watched Dan Orlovsky do a, a tape piece on him and say, you know, this, this inaccuracy problem that's attached to his completion percentage number – is not is not accurate in and of itself. Look at these balls, and you can pinpoint that for everybody. But he's go as Lamar did. He's going to get better and more accurate as a professional passer. He just is, and the athleticism is just off the freaking charts. My my problem with him were all the stories of immaturity that I heard. But I think you sense through this draft process that he's addressed a lot of those things.
1: Yeah, he he's he's
2: come on it yeah. head on head on. So as I sit here today, in everything my opinion of Anthony Richardson has changed dramatically because of looking at more tape, looking at more interviews, looking how he's comported himself through the draft process, uh, his his S two score, which is what seventy eight, as you said, and what was what was uh, C J Stroud's 18%
1: eighteen percent, and I, I see I've never he's put, gonna
2: he's gonna drop like a rock. I've never you.
1: put stock in like the uh, the Wonderlic or any of these 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 stats. Oh, but oh it's, I do. It's interesting, though, because there is data on how well you score, how do you translate as a pro. And I believe there was an NFL executive who was quoted, anonymously, of course, that said if any quarterback that has a a grade as low as C.J. Stroud, or just in general, low scores on that test, there's not one example of them going on to become a great pro. Yeah. There's not. So I'm like... This game is too... It's
2: too complicated, these offenses are too complicated, the reads, and it's not so much just pure intelligence, it's how quickly you process information.
1: And is there something to it, I wonder, and I have to go back and see how all the other Ohio State quarterbacks have graded oh, on yeah. that test, oh, yeah. but I mean it's a real thing. There's it's only a real been, thing. There's only been three, believe it or not, since 1995, and this is before I was born, I mean we're going back 28 years now, there's only been three Big Ten quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Yeah, three.
2: Well, it's an inferior league athletically to the SEC, and I would argue most times the ACC uh, and Pac-12. I think it's inferior athletically. I think they have great organizations, great story, but Defenses. they have and the event they have a lot of bottom feeders too. They have a lot of bottom feeders in that league. That they are, you know, the Ohio State. Ohio State is so far and above athletically superior to most every team except maybe Michigan. Um, in that league, and usually for the past f- 15 years, even well above Michigan. Michigan has now come back with their recruiting. And you see the results on the field, by yep. the way. And coaching as well. Ohio State has been a g- tremendous program. The, you know, the money that they have spent going way back, they've they've, but always so much better than anybody else in the Big Ten. So these quarterbacks from Ohio State have these ridiculous numbers because they're playing inferior teams 85% of the time. Right? So... I think, and then they, when they get to the league, and, uh, t- and talent is even, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. So, I think that, and I think that's part of it. I, and I, I agree with that, with that, with that logic. And I, you know, I think CJ Stroud, and you know, from what you hear from insiders in Ohio State, and I have I have a few that's in, inside that program, that he is an entitled, kind of whiny, kid, very immature, and. That's not going to play in, in in the locker rooms, and having you know a a, 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 la- a perceived lack of of uh, football i q call it what you will it's um, not going to help him and and
1: it, I, I could see him dropping in this in this and when it comes to Ohio State quarterbacks there's already a president set of of guys who you perceive to be that would go much higher in the draft than they've fallen. I mean look two years ago, Justin Fields, I think everybody would have said, okay that guy's the number two guy behind trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And he fell to 11. Yeah. He was, the, what, the fourth quarterback taken in that draft, I want to say? Yeah. Yeah. He fell to 11. Go back to 2019, Dwayne Haskins was substantially more productive in college than Daniel Jones was. Yeah. And they were talking about him being, you know, a top five pick potentially. Right. He fell to 15.
2: Because of his S2 score and also his immaturity. Same stuff as C.J. Stroud. I see a lot of similarities between those two. Yeah, and I and I don't want to look at the look at the receivers. Well, of course, not last year for CJ because most, most of those cats that didn't play. Well, right, yeah, and Jigba didn't play much last year. No, but they had Ibukwa and they had yeah. Marvin Harrison. Right. And, yeah, and not, this is the other thing. Shabby.
1: This is the other thing when it comes to Stroud. It's like the S two test and all that kind of stuff, and maybe the off whatever. Which I sometimes I just again the process is so drawn out now. There's so much room for people to just bring up all this stuff yeah. and nitpick. Yeah, I know what my eyes saw, CJ Stroud, and I didn't see many missteps in college. Yeah. I saw him have the best game of any quarterback against you know, the best defense I've ever yeah. seen in college football.
2: That helped him tremendously. I had to think that, that helped huge. him tremendously. Oh,
1: yeah. So generally, I feel like if you're a GM, it's like, don't overthink this. I, I, just, I understand there's the president there, the Big Ten quarterbacks, the Ohio State quarterbacks. That has nothing to do with him, Sometimes guys... Even those things
2: are important. you got to look... You gotta, you, you, when you're looking at the film, you keep that in mind. Yes, uh, Who's he playing against? You know how many NFL corners and safeties are out there that are truly going to be in the league? What you know? How much pressure is he getting with that? Usually a superior offensive line. You know all those things you got. And when you're when you're watching the tape, but in the end, it's the individual kid. Mm-hmm. And there are some things about him off the field that are worrisome. And, and and Haskins was there was never the physical abilities. You know he's over there signing autographs in the middle of the game talking to fans. I mean. But, it, 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 what are you doing um, so I, I think I think there's there's all kinds of works on all these guys, but nobody's perfect, nobody's perfect, but when it comes to the buccaneers, and I think one of the reasons that they've shored up their offensive line and which I think they have they have they cannot draft a tackle and be fine this year I, in I the think, first round in the first round, yeah, I think they should definitely address it at some point, but you know they've added a veteran. You've got Getteki and Hainsy who can both play right right tackle, and you got the best tackle in football in my mind, Trust Tristan Wirfs who can who can who can move yeah. to the left side. You got an All Pro center. You're you're not desperate to get an offensive lineman. They have set themselves up to be able to to take a quarterback have the freedom to do it to have to take a quarterback at 19 that they would never get in any other draft. I think this draft is loaded with a lot of good edge rushers that people want up top. I think it's it's got. Uh, they a, can get who they really. I think got, there's they five can... quarterbacks. I think that are going to be successful in this league. Yeah. If they go to the right spots, um, and, and so it, it's it's kind of setting up for the the Bucks at 19 to be able to get a quarterback talent, and I'm like nobody can sit here and predict which one of these five guys are going to be good or if any of them are, but you from what you've seen and here's the big thing about. Ten years ago, I wouldn't have given Anthony Richardson a second look in this league. Not even it's it's not it's a drop back quarterback league. Look who's winning the Super Bowls. It's a passing league, and it's 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 not a, an athletic run league. You don't want your quarterback run. The game has changed tremendously, 180 mm-hmm. degrees. Lamar Jackson has revolutionized this league, and and in terms hurts, of hurts,
1: I think is, and, and as, as Jalen well.
2: hurts all look, across the league. If you can't move, look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady still had a great arm last year. He had a great arm. Yeah. He still, and he still had the head. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't move. He w- and he wouldn't get hit. So you, when, you, when you put those things together, I don't, even if you're Tom Brady, you can't play in this league. Yeah. And, you can't and, play and in I'll this league. And I'll even
1: throw like Josh Allen into the equation because yeah. I, mean, I believe he was an under 60% completion yes, percentage guy like at, 58%. at Wyoming. At Wyoming. At Wyoming. Yeah. And I'm not going to claim that he's you know, this pinpoint passer now. He's just an absolute Bobby. freak. He's a tremendous quarterback. But he's turned himself into a great quarterback. I think if you come into the league with the right mentality, and this goes for everybody, really, but especially when you're a quarterback and maybe you have some kind of deficiencies with your, with your passing, if you just put the work in, yeah. i.e. Josh Allen, i.e. Jalen Hurts, and I think Lamar Jackson, who I think in the 12 games we saw him this past year, I thought he took strides as a passer oh, overall, yeah. especially as from the pocket.
2: He was one of the best, high, highest-rated passers from the
1: pocket. You can do it. Right? right. And I feel like Anthony, the way that you know, the the, the article that he wrote in the tri- in the players tribune, you know, addressing kind of the everybody everybody's saying him head on. I mean he had the quote I think the other day where he's like, I'm gonna be in the Hall of Fame one day. He's yeah. got the confidence in it and that's a lot to put out there. Yeah. But he sounds like he's ready to put into work to do it and oh by the way, you come to the Bucks, I think it's a great situation for the Bucks to get either a Hendon Hooker or a Anthony Richardson because they don't have to play. I agree. They don't have to play. And I think if you go Levis, as much as I think the Bucks would pull the trigger at 19 if he's there, you draft Will Levis, given the experience that he had in, in college and the SEC and all that, to me there's more of a groundswell for that guy to play right away. Okay. Go out and prove it.
2: I want, I'm i going to see you battle with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Well, let's, let's go, boys. It doesn't hurt. Doesn't, the competition doesn't hurt. The only problem there is reps. You know are you going to have enough reps to get somebody ready, but listen, this is your job dave Canales and and Todd Bowles and your offensive staff and Jason Light and everybody. This is your job when you get him in here, you start evaluating him and if you believe that he 's and it 's not just you know oh let 's look at his you know let's look let 's look at the practice tape let 's look at the it's most of it is what happens in the rooms mm-hmm. in the rooms. How is he interacting with his teammates? How hard is he working? Is he there in the morning? Is he late at night? Is he taking this seriously? Is he is uh, is football number one for him, and everything else is number ten? It's it's one through ten on his priority list. It uh, how are his, How is he assimilating with his teammates? How does Mike Evans react to Will Levis? How is all these things going on? Like wh- how is he handling the competition with Baker Mayfield and Will Levis? So much of this is about maturity because you're going to face so much adversity in a game. How are you going to handle all this? And that's going to be able. That's going to tell you. It's going to, you're going to be able to evaluate, okay, you know what, we're going to training camp, that's our guy, that's our guy, that's our guy, or it's going to say, you're going to go, all right, you know, a little bit of immaturity, a little bit of this, and I don't care if it's Will Levis, Anthony Richards, any of these guys that I'm, uh, any of these guys that you might take, Hendon Hooker, you're going to do, do go through that evaluation when you got him in your room, and you're not going to be able to do it any other way, there's nothing, nobody you can talk to or anything else that you're going to be able to figure this out before the draft. You got to have them in your building sixteen hours a day for three months to figure this stuff out. It is that's what you're going to see because you can't bullshit that. You can everything else can you can BS right? You can you can do interviews. You can do all that when you're you know when somebody's living with you for three four months. You're going to smell the bathroom. You're, you're going to know everything about that person, right? You're going to know, and that's when you make the, the true evaluations of those players. And, and you're going to be able to say, or you should be, as an organization, be able to say, this is our guy, this is not our guy. So, I, I, so I'm... Uh, and there's nothing this, wrong. This, this nothing portion wrong. of the show is brought to you by, don't be shocked if the Bucks take a quarterback.
1: Yeah, you've got to prepare for it. Yeah. And Again, it doesn't matter if you like one of these guys. It's, right. it's still the biggest need on the roster because it it's uncertain long term. I kind of feel like it hasn't been talked about that way. And again, I keep, every, every every,
2: I just feel like everybody's talking about offensive tackle, offensive tackle, and not that they can't, they could use it. And I'm good if but, they do that,
1: and I am too. I'm fine if they but do because that. of the, because of the signing of the. I don't. I think this Matt Feeler signing is a little bit more yes underrated than people exactly. are trying to say. Because yeah. I mean, he's got five years experience starting at right tackle and has some versatility in the line. He's a veteran. Like you could plug him in there for a year at least, right? Maybe two. That and that was the day I said, quarterback. Yeah, they're giving <laughs> themselves, this is about. They're this giving is themselves about the freedom if right. something happens. If, the, if they let the draft come to them and one of right. the quarterbacks there, they right. can always plug Fieler in at right tackle. They can always go with Luke Gedeke on. Which, which, by the way, they said that Luke Gedeke, this is not my words, this is Todd Bowles said that he's going to start somewhere on the line. Yeah. They said this about Luke Geteke already. Hopefully not left
3: guard.
2: Hopefully not left guard. <laughs> uh, and it won't be
1: left guard. I can, I maybe, can get, maybe it's it, right guard. You it know? could be right guard. It could be right guard or it could be right tackle. That's yeah. the only way I think Luke Geteke starts on the line. So you might want to roll with that. When it comes to edge rusher, here's I, I the thing. Think,
2: I think before, before you go to the uh, uh, offensive line, and we've said this, Worfs at left tackle, uh, Leverett at left guard, mm-hmm. he was good. He was good. Yeah. Uh, Jensen at center, Geteke at right guard, or Stinney. And Haynesy at right tackle. That's my favorite, because I, I think Gedicke you know, might be a better right tackle, and Hainzey can play either one. Hainzey can play guard. Yeah, so either one. I, I, I don't pretend to be out there watching you know how the, they move people in an offensive line coach. So they can make that. The, either one of those two. And I think that's a good offensive line. I think it's a really good offensive. You got two pro bowlers. Hainsey, who was really good last year, at Leverett was good. And Gedicki needs to improve, obviously. Yeah, and but he's I, got
1: some tools. Yeah, so I agree there on offensive line. And when it comes to edge rusher, which I think is probably outside of quarterback, I think that's the biggest need right now. Yeah, is what you are going to get edge. Here is the thing about taking an edge at nineteen. As much as I would love to see a Nolan Smith get to nineteen, I don't think it's happening, right? And Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson, the big guys are going to be gone by then. So you are kind of going to be left with like I mean, the two guys that I have pinpointed at nineteen that could be there is the Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. And he Miles, seems to be
2: going higher in all the He might. Though.
1: He might, though. Yeah. It's him and, I think, Miles Murphy. Here's the thing, though. Lucas Van Ness, the thing that scares me about him is he was a backup at Iowa. Now, I know that always doesn't translate you know, you know to why? the NFL.
2: You watch his highlights, and you're like, wow. And you look at him. What is he? Who does he look like? J.J. J.
1: Watt. Yeah. You, G, you look
2: at him, and you go, God, that's J.J. J. Watt. But, there's an, a, but there's, guess what? It's not J.J. J. Watt.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but there's not. an experience there, so yes. that's the thing that would, like, I pump the brakes on him. Yeah. And then Miles Murphy... From Clemson, I think that you know he was the number one player in his his class coming in as a recruit. I, I like him. I like him, but I'd argue that he left a little bit on the table. I thought at Clemson, I think there could have been more production there, mm-hmm. right? No. And just because you're the number one player in your class again, the NFL game is completely different. It yeah. doesn't matter. So I think there's question marks on those two where you might be forcing it a little bit at 19. Mm-hmm. Whereas for Edge Rusher, if you wait till 50, or even if you want to move up and get somewhere in the 30s. You can get a Will McDonald from Iowa State. You can get the Kansas State guy. You can get B.J. Ogilari yep. from from LSU. And I think it'd, you'd be getting a little bit more value for your buck a little bit.
2: I agree. I agree. Uh, there's a lot of edge. You know, that's why you have to you you have to let the draft come to you. And we've said that the the draft is going to tell the Buccaneers who they're going to pick. But they have to be prepared, and of course they are. They have to be prepared to take a Will Levis, a Hendon Hooker. Uh, it's, it's so funny now. I'm like so out on C.J. Stroud. It's just like, I uh, this, uh, this, I just I heard too much. And, and, and But he may turn out to be really, really good. I don't know. You The guy that played against Georgia, how do you not go, oh, my
1: God. I, I think if you're Houston and you have number two, in theory, you might want to say, okay, well, we have number 12. We're going to get one of these quarterbacks anyway. And maybe we don't see them that much differently, right? Right. That might be what they're thinking. Let's go get Will Anderson or let's go get Tyree Wilson because we really need a game-breaker on defense. Right, right. But I just, again, C.J. Stroud, it's like sometimes I just feel like it's, there's no need to overcomplicate things. Your quarterback rooms consist of Davis Mills and Case Keenum. It seems kind of it just seems kind of weird to pass on a quarterback at number two. Yeah, when that is your most pressing need.
2: It really does. It really does. But you know, I, I still think when you got two, but it's rare to have two in the top twelve, and you've got those five quarterbacks. Well, I think five quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, and even if you even if the and and if Will, you're Houston, Will Anderson,
2: too, Will Anderson can be. Super special.
1: Yeah, and if you're Houston as well, I mean, you have the 12th overall picks. Let's say there's a team in the top 10 that wants to move out. Well, you have the 12th pick to offer and other things as well. They're loaded with draft capital. You can probably pretty easily get back inside the top 10 if you see the way the draft's going, and you don't think one of the guys you want is going to make it to 12. You give yourself the flexibility, and you've already grabbed the best edge rusher in the class.
2: If I'm the Texans, and there's so many scenarios we could talk about. I'm the Texans, I'm trading out. I'm trading out, if, if I can get, I got two in the top 12. If I can get three in the top 15.
1: I would call Indianapolis at five. Or four in the top,
2: top 20.
1: I'd call Indianapolis at four. Yeah. yeah, Because Jim Irsay, to me, I think is a wild card in yeah, this whole draft. Yeah. And he'd be willing to make a, a knee-jerk move like that. Yeah, And I think you could almost sucker I, him to something.
2: I think already the loser in this draft is the Panthers. Mm. The Pan- What they gave up to move up, and there's going to be, a plethora of quarterbacks. Yeah, they, they, they,
1: which is good. But you have the ability to take the one that you believe is is consensus, and but I you've think given everybody's going to say but that's But you've Bryce also young.
2: given up two top ten players.
1: Well, who are those uh, top ten uh, players?
2: Take your pick, and we know one this year and one next
1: year. You know, the DJ Moore doesn't really bother me that much. That they gave up DJ Moore,
2: I wouldn't even talking about it. DJ Moore. Is a first round wide receiver. You I, gave up a first-round wide receiver, but to get a franchise and another two ones and a two, to, to get, get a d- guy that might not be as good as the guy that goes twelfth in the draft. I think it was stupid. You gave up way too much draft. You gave up. You were sitting in a catbird seat to really make your roster kick ass, and you traded it all because you think one quarterback is better than the other, and that's stupid. That's stupid. If you can, if you could get a top two edge rusher in the dra- in this draft or a top two offensive lineman or top one offensive lineman and your quarterback and maybe another really good player to go just because you think one quarterback is better than the other. And and you look at all these guys and they're not that there's none of them. I think are home
1: runs This sounds like the draft day plot just playing out. Right. right Exactly.
2: They, they, (laughs) they, uh, they screwed up in my opinion. Um, all right, before we get to Scott Reynolds coming up, um, just real quick, uh, we're going to get to the Rays a little bit more in, in depth. Uh, last night, 5-0 shutout loss. Eh. Um, and we're going to get to the Bolts as well. Uh, got a lot of thoughts on uh, on what's going on with them. So quick break. When we come back, Scott Reynolds will join us from the Pewter Report. Cannot wait. A day before the draft, we have the godfather at the Pewter Report. So very excited about this. Stay with us. Quick break. Stay. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower, sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area modern medicine look testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment it takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness vitality and emotional stability not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use they will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results folks i've been on testosterone therapy for over six years and it is a life changer you will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to bammc.com tell them jp sent you for priority scheduling that's 844-977-3477 or bammc.com jp here for the jeeves law group have you been injured in an accident in an auto accident truck accident motorcycle accident at work or at a place of business Well, will call the jeeves law group and get the personal attention that you deserve I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929. or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Folks, there is no better place to shop for jewelry than the gold and diamond source. They are the family jewelers, and they will treat you like family. They'll make it a fun experience. People come from all over to shop at the Golden Diamond Source because of their great customer service and incredible, impeccable reputation. No sales pressure, no intimidation, and they have the largest selection of hand-picked diamonds. And by the way, diamonds are the April birthstone. So this month only, they are offering 15% off their diamond birthstone collection available on to select products. And you probably heard a lot about lab-created diamonds, folks. They hold no real value. You will have no resale value whatsoever with a lab-created diamond. And of course, it's fake. It doesn't mean as much. The Golden Diamond Source has plenty of options to accommodate any budget, folks. Interest-free financing up to five years, a layaway program, 20% down, and only six monthly payments. And, of course, the Diamond Savings Account, where you get full value of your diamond when you look to upgrade. It's all there for you at the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Omberton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? we we'll call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on fan stream Sports. It's only just begun. Uh, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show on this hump day brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group dot com. you've been involved in an accident or your car has been totaled and you don't think you got a great settlement, you may have a case. The call is free. The consultation is free. Find out. You could be sitting on a pile of cash and you don't even know it. Uh, let them go to work for you. J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group dot com. Tell them J.P. sent you. All right. Uh, let's talk to the godfather of the Buccaneers draft. I think I just dubbed you that. Maybe you've been dubbed that before. I don't know. But Pewter Report has been uh, the best resource for the Buccaneers draft, at least in my 27 years of being here. So, that's what I'm going to call you, Scott Reynolds. You are now the godfather of the Buccaneers draft. How do you like your new moniker? Well, I
3: I greatly appreciate that, J.P. I I want you to know that I hired you. I hire you in in very high regard and 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 you, you have favor with me. So sure. that was really? that was half a uh,
2: a Christopher Walken and half a a, a a Robert De Niro. I'm not exactly sure, but it was good. It was good. It was really really good. A little. I appreciate that. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. How are you, partner? Your dog's good.
3: I'm good. If if my dog would stop barking, since I'm on the air right now, stop barking, Moose.
2: <laughs> What's his name?
3: Moose. Moose. I love it. Moose. Yeah.
2: All right. So we just spent a half an hour saying, "Don't be shocked when the Bucks take a quarterback at 19." Yeah. What say you?
3: we idiots. I don't think they're going to. <laughs> no. I don't. I don't think there's going to be one there. I mean, I think Hendon Hooker might be there, but I don't see them drafting him. I, 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 think they're they're looking at at this year. Um, there's two things. Number one, with the quarterback, if you draft a quarterback right now in the first round, you're basically telling Kyle Trask like, you, you know, you, you're you're not going to be anything here because we have a first round guy and it's Jason light admitting he completely blew and just wasted a second round pick. Just like if they draft B. John Robinson in the first round, which you're saying is, is is I spent two third round picks on running backs in Rashad white and, and Keyshawn Vaughn. And, um, I don't believe it. You know, and, and I'm going to replace you guys with the running back. Who's going to get the majority of the carries and B. John Robinson. And, and I just wasted two third-round picks. Right. So right. I, I, don't, I don't see them drafting a quarterback because they've yet to give Kyle Trask a shot. And I think they're very high in Baker Mayfield. The other thing is this, and I think I've said it before, so if I did, I'll keep it really, really brief to like 30 seconds. You only have so many snaps in a two, two-and-a-half-hour practice and training camp. Right. And it's, it's hard enough to have a two-way quarterback battle where you're splitting the reps. Forty-five, forty-five, because your your third arm is going to get ten percent of the snaps just to you know take some pressure off and, and and not wear out the arms, right? So, so you're having to pick the best guy out of out of only seeing them throw out of a hundred passes in practice, forty-five. Yeah. Okay. On daily basis. Now, if you add a third string quarterback in there, a legit third string who's vying for the job, let's say Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, whatever. Now that number goes from forty-five down to 33. Mm-hmm. So you have even fewer snaps, even fewer passes, to evaluate a quarterback who's a rookie who's learning this offense along with Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. And the the end result is to find the starter and then prepare that starter for the regular season opener.
2: Yeah, no question. And,
3: and so to me, if you look at, at, uh, l- let's say Tom Brady came back, right, and Dave Canales is here. It's a new offense. <laughs> Tom Brady would be getting 70%. Any starter would be getting 70% of, of the snaps in practice. Right. So, so what you're fight. doing is, is by having a three-way quarterback race, you're, you're legitimately cutting in half the number of snaps needed to prepare for the start of the season because you're caught up in which quarterback is the best one, Right. right. Which, which guy are we going to go with. So from just a, a pure uh, logistical standpoint, mapping out training camp practices, you only have three preseason games now. If you had four, you could kind of even make a, a case for it. But you only have three. And, again, the objective is to quickly get to who's the starter and prepare them for the season opener. You don't want a three-man quarterback race dragging out until the last week before the season starts. and Then like, then it's, well, we, we only saw X amount of snaps from these three guys, so we've got to make our best guess. And then you know, does that starter, whoever it is, let's say it's Trask, let's say it's the rookie, let's say it's Baker Mayfield, does that starter have enough reps behind the starting offensive line to develop continuity? Have they have they thrown enough passes to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Kate Otten to get ready? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think you, I think you look at this and say we have two quarterbacks that we're somewhat excited about. Yeah. We hope one of them can play. And if if not if neither one of them can play, then we'll address it next year when the quarterback class on the outside looking in probably looks a little bit more robust. I
1: Fair get yeah, I get what you're saying. I'll just ask this cuz we had this discussion in the first hour pertaining yeah. to a quarterback if if one of them or two of them's there by chance. Yeah. And I'll even throw Bijan Robinson into the mix. Mm-hmm. Where does like the whole thing about value come into play. Cause we hear that a lot about value, right. especially when you get into the first round, because it's perceived that Bijan Robinson is a top five, top three player yeah. in the draft overall. It's perceived that maybe all these quarterbacks are top 15 prospects or whatever yeah. in some people's eyes. So if one of them's at 19 or multiple of them, don't you think the bucks, or would you agree with that? The bucks have to at least consider it at that point.
3: Well, I think they can consider it, but as we've seen before, if your offensive line isn't worth a damn, it doesn't matter who the running back is, right? If they're tackled before they get to the line of scrimmage, it doesn't matter. Uh, if, if they're if they can't pass protect, if your line is getting, you know, obliterated. I mean, Tom Brady has got the quickest release in the NFL over the last two years, the quickest release. Some of those passes were like thrown into the dirt because he was almost <laughs> sacked. Okay, so so you have Ryan Jensen coming back from a knee injury at age 32. You've got Tristan Wirfs. Let's say. If you don't go offensive tackle in the first round, Tristan Wirfs is your left tackle. Luke Gedeke is your right tackle, okay? Or, you're, or you draft a, a, a right tackle in the second or third round, and you're starting a rookie right tackle who's not as good as Wirfs. Then you have either Gedeke or, or Nick Leverett or Robert Hainsey at right guard and Matt Filer at left guard. Um, I, we'll see how that line shakes out. I mean, I, I I like what everything I've heard from Dave Canales. I haven't seen a damn thing. Last time I checked, the Bucks had the the league worst uh, rushing attack, and, and a lot of that was the offensive line, and a lot of that was not getting enough carries for the backs to really get into a rhythm and produce too. But but is Bijan Robinson going to come in and, and and magically open up holes? No, no, you need a good offensive line. You need it. it, it you can draft a, a rookie quarterback number one overall, right? Jameis Winston got sacked a ton. Yeah, <laughs> um, Houston Texans quarterback back in the day, David Carr, was was amazing coming out of Fresno State. Number one overall pick. Beat to a pulp. Right. Beaten to a pulp. Completely destroyed his career because he was getting physically killed on just about every play. Right. So, uh, I'm, I'm all for drafting a generational running back. I, no one loved the running game more than me, but at the same time, that offensive line was shaky as hell last year, and I'm curious to see how much better it's going to be this year. And and, and I don't I don't know that. I would love to have a franchise type offensive tackle in the first round to yep. give me another option just in case Gedekeep can't handle it, because then, then what you're doing is you're like, okay, well, you know, Gedekeep played two years at Central Michigan at right tackle, and he looked pretty good against the Falcons in week eighteen and his only NFL snaps at right tackle, so we're just going to pencil him in there. Okay, what if he fails? What if he's just as bad there as he he was at left guard? guard. Right, right. Then you're stuck with Brandon Walton playing right tackle for the rest of the season, and then where's your depth? Josh Wells isn't there. Well, Haynesy
2: can play right tackle, too.
3: Uh, I don't know. Have you seen his calves? (laughs) Skinny. Really, seriously, like really skinny cats.
1: You, you, you can play center with those cats. Yeah,
3: yeah. What about uh, and,
1: what about Feeler though? Because you mentioned that you know left guard, but I believe yeah, he has that, some that, that's experience. where they're going to
3: play him. So, he's played right tackle before, but he's he's a little older guard. now. Yeah, he's he's going to be the left okay. guard, and then you are going to have kind of a um, if they draft the tackle, then then you'll have you know either worth sticking it left or right, and and it's going to be Luke Edaiki probably at right guard, and he'll get some competition from Hanzi and from. From Leverett, but uh, as was explained to me, that that's the the, the plans and pencil right now.
2: Well, are you kicking my man Nick Leverett out is you know we're we're gonna fight about
3: that. no no I no that guy. he's 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 in the mix. I'm scrapper, just saying, I,
2: I love his story. I love his, I just love that guy. I think I, I yeah. love his emotion, and we need guys. Mm-hmm. You know, by the way, we need some guys that have some mm-hmm. emotion on the field to get guys going. So I yeah, I, I love that dude. Uh, Scott Reynolds yep. joining us here. You wrote an article about uh, Jack Campbell from Iowa, the inside linebacker. Mm -hmm. I went and looked at some of his tape and then looked at um, his combine, his agility Mm -hmm. test. I'm like 6'5, 250 inside linebacker. Like, come on, that guy's going to be stiff as a board. And I'm like, wow. He's actually
3: better in coverage than he is coming
2: downhill. I was like, move him to tight end, for God's sake. He (laughs) can run, he can catch, he's a big mofo. He is. I, you know. I'm just, you know, where I'm at right now and my druthers, yeah. please, somebody yep. give us a two and a five and I'll draft Jack Campbell. And this will be a better team with him and Levante yeah. than Devin White. Sorry.
3: Um, you know what? I think the interesting thing is that I talked to Ty Bowles at the Bruce Arians gala on Monday night. And, and he kind of reiterated what Jason light said, which was, we're going to not trade him. And we're just going to, you know, he's going to play. He needs to play. It's his fifth year. and, it's easy to say we're not going to trade Devin White, but let's say they draft a, a linebacker like Jack Campbell in the second round. Now all of a sudden you might be a little bit more open to it, right? Because you got, you, got the bird, you got the bird in the hand now, and you're like, oh, okay, well, you know what, we we, we really feel really good about this uh, Jack Campbell guy. And shoot, if Devin doesn't hold out and he actually plays, where are we going to play Jack Campbell? Because we have Levante David back for a year. So he maybe move we him just, to the
2: outside. He's so, he's I'm, so I'm just saying maybe, yeah.
3: maybe we, we get the the process started here and, and maybe they're more inclined to, to part with, with Devin White, you know? Um, yeah,
2: I would agree with that. Ho- ho- hard be,
3: but but, that- but right right now I, I take them at face value and I believe them. I don't think that they're going I don't think they're actively trying to trade Devin White, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if they draft Devin you know, and 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 maybe the deal is because the Bucks don't have a fourth round pick this year, and Jason like it's really OCD, like that's like like that's that's gnawing at him right now. He's like, I don't want a fourth round. What am I going to do he's on got, Saturday? <laughs> yeah, he's got like three fifth rounders, and if you think about it from a logical perspective, last year the Buccaneers had the first pick in the fourth round. Start day three, boom, out of the gate, we're making the pick. K dot, will come to Tampa, right? Now it's like you don't have a pick till the fifth round, and I think you've got like three of them in the fifth round or two of them. But, but now it's like, you're going to be waiting for an hour and a half, two hours before you have a chance to make your pick. And that's going to be gnawing at Jason Light. So I could see him possibly entertaining the option. If they get someone like Jack Campbell, they feel really good about on, on day two premium pick. Then you sit there and say, okay, well if Roquan Smith got a two and a five, maybe we get, maybe we get a fourth in this year's draft. And then a two from another team, you know, Next year, because the second round will have already passed. Right. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, for Devin. Yeah, about? yeah, a two and a, a two four. and a four. Yeah, yeah. but okay. the fourth this year, because the second round's already passed, right? Right. right. So you can't oh, get a yeah. second rounder, you know, for this year. I'm saying get a fourth this year and a two next, and year. then have a have a two next year from whatever team you get. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, fine with that, especially
2: if it's a bad team and you think that two going to be a high two. That makes a big difference too. Very well could be. No, I do. Yeah. I, I do that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Yeah, because you know. It, Because it's going to come down to money with Devin. and right now, I—if you can draft a guy like Jack Campbell, who's going to be making about you know in the second round about you know a million five, as opposed to paying Devin White, you know if if fifteen, sixteen,
3: eighteen.
2: Yeah. No, no, no. (laughs) That's a hard no. I mean, think of what you could do with that money in other places, and how much better is Devin White than Jack Campbell? And Devin White doesn't want to be here. And you know, throw all that other stuff, that nonsense in. Yeah. yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye.
3: All right. So the interesting thing is this. Uh, you know, you and I have watched Jack Campbell highlights, and like, there's a lot to like, right? Yeah. There, there really is. Yeah. Um, when I read, when I read Dane Brugler from the Athletic, he does this thing called the Beast. It's the best draft guide out there, and and uh, and this is what sold me on on. On Jack Campbell, when I'm reading the, the positives, okay? Uh, it says, not very vocal, but his teammates say he sets the tone with his tenacious effort and his coaches call him an amazing practice player. Iowa head, Kirk, Iowa, Iowa head coach Kirk Ferencz. Everything he does, he goes hard. Then it goes on to say, egoless and humble off the field. He didn't pursue NIL deals and considers social media a distraction, Film study uh, is the foundation of his game. He became the first Iowa player to win the William B. Campbell trophy for the academic Heisman. Okay. So I'm sold.
2: So in other words. Social media me is a distraction. I'm not going to be getting
3: on chirping about my contract exactly. and wanting to play for the in other Eagles. Words,
2: the anti-Devin White is what you're yeah. saying. He's the anti-Devin yeah. White. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. And listen, this is not me being mean to Devin White. He brought right. this upon himself. You know, nobody nobody yes, did, did this but himself. So yeah. I, I got, you know, I love I Devin White. He's a good dude. But yeah. when you do this stuff, you, you just, you're not being smart and you're well, not being a team player.
3: W- so w- here's the thing. When somebody tells you about themselves, listen, because they're, they're telling you. And Devin White at his pro day at LSU, right after he you know, did his drills, he told the media he wanted to be a $100 million player. This is before he was drafted. This is back like uh, weeks before the draft in 2019. He said, whoever drafts me, I want to be a $100 million player. From the get-go, he told you exactly what he wanted. It's about money. And now you're you're seeing the manifestation of that. And that's why, and I've had some conversations with people in the organization. I don't know if they believe me or not. They can form their own opinions. But I'm like, if it's this important to this guy, and you give him a five- or six-year extension, okay, mm-hmm. in two years from now, he gets leapfrogged. <laughs> you don't think this is going to come back around again? No. He's it showing is. you what his
2: priorities are. You're yes. exactly right, 100%. Right. All right, yeah. so here's, here's a dynamic that I, I want. It's kind of an overarching thing, mm-hmm. and it, it goes to all the selections and yep. the and where the Bucks are at right now in terms mm-hmm. of their hierarchy and what I would call a dysfunctional transfer of power going back to last year. You now yep. have a coach in Todd Bowles, who we all right. universally love as a human being. Yep. He's just the greatest dude in the world. But his, you know, his, his record is not good. What we yep. saw last year was not good. We talked about it. Right? How much influence does Todd Bowles have on these selections? Because obviously his perspective <laughs> is very short-term. Yep. And Jason's light job is to be long-term in terms yep. of looking at it. And that's where it really comes mm-hmm. into the quarterback conversation more than anything. Right. But um, – so how much influence does, does Todd Bowles have on this
3: draft? Should have. he has, he has quite a bit and, and I'm, I'm fine with that. And Jason Light has always wanted to build consensus in the building. Right. Right. Um, if, if Bowles is not on board with the player, Jason's not taking. Okay. But I will say this coaches uh, are worried about the guys on their roster, not the guys that could be on their roster. That That's just the mentality. Okay. So, Scouts are always going to trump coaches, right? I, I have yet to see or hear about it. No, I don't get to see it. I'm not privy to it. But I've yet to hear about a coach convincing a scout about a player. Right. Okay? Now, I've, I've heard about a coach um, you know, dismissing a player, right. saying, I, I understand you think he's a good fit, but this is what I see, right? And, and, and then there's no consensus, and that player doesn't get taken. But I've yet to, to hear about a coach that convinces a scout about a player. Right. Usually yeah. the scouts are like kind of force-feeding the coaches. These are the guys we think will fit. These are the guys we like. Right. Which ones do you like? And let's say you know, you're looking at 10 inside linebackers. The inside linebacker coach says, yeah, out of these 10, these eight, boom. Like, yeah, any one of these guys And day one, day two, yeah. day three, whatever. But these two, I don't know, right? So my point is Jason Light is going to be telling Todd Bowles
2: Here's Here are the guys, guys to choose from, okay. right? Right, right.
3: You know, and because the scouts have done all the work, they've done all the groundwork. They've been to the practices out there at the at the universities. They've yeah. been to the pro days. They've been to the combine. All those things. So um, they're looking for consensus. And and Todd Bowles say what you want about his coaching. I, you know, he, he can identify good players. Oh, right. Absolutely. He he, he absolutely. knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he knows what a good player is and, and is not on offense. Well, defense, they've drafted
2: so. much better since Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians have gotten here. If you look at Jason's yes. drafts pre Bruce yes. Arians and Todd Bowles, eh, yeah, at best. Yeah. And right. but Jason Especially that, been, that
3: 2016 was a complete whiteout. Oh, that was, that a good was one. awful. That was yeah. a good one. But right. you,
2: but Jason has gotten better as a drafter. He has, and and I think the addition of Bruce and his whole crew, I think, yeah. have made them really good.
3: Really. Yeah, good. and and Todd Bowles was in on right. The, the drafting point. of Devin White back in twenty nineteen, even as the defensive coordinator, like yeah, they, we they were all three in agreement. We
2: don't win yeah. a Super Bowl without Devin White. As exactly, as, exactly. Know, like the, the shenanigans.
3: Jason Light, yeah. Todd Bowles, Bruce Arians, all in agreement. This is a Bucks linebacker. This guy is is the is the the guy, and 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 I think that happens every year. Um, Jason really tries to get consensus, but you know, he and the scouts are leading the process, and and then they the coaches are allowed to. Have some veto power, but it's not going to be like, oh no, you know, we don't want this guy. We want the guy that's not on your list. It didn't happen. The, right. the, the personnel guys take control of the draft process that way. So when it comes to
1: just going back to 19 and taking quarterback mm-hmm. and the Bajon all that out of the equation, I think we would all agree that it's likely going to be tackle or edge that pick. So yes. Ideally, maybe you want to go get one of those positions in the first round and one in the second yeah. round. So, I guess my question, based on the depth at both positions throughout the draft, mm-hmm. yeah, where do they have the better shot to get two impact players? If they go edge round one and tackle in round two, or if they go tackle round one, edge round two?
3: That's a great question. I I think depends consensus, yeah. yeah, it d- depends on who falls. But I think consensus around the league, there are four offensive tackles really in this draft, like that will be in the first round. And, and honestly, it's not as high quality as it was in 2020, right, when you had the Jedrick Wills and Tristan Wirfs, the Mackay Becton, and the Andrew Thomas. That was probably a better quartet mm-hmm. Than, mm-hmm. than the four guys this year. And, I, and actually, I'm calling Skronsky the Northwestern kid. I'm calling him a guard. I think he's going to be moved inside just because of the shorter arms. So really the four tackles you have are Paris Johnson, Jr. from Ohio State. I think he's clearing away the, the best guy. Bucks would love to have him. Second, you've got Darnell Wright from Tennessee, the right tackle. Love um, I think love I love him. him. I don't think he's going to be there. I, mm-hmm. The Bucks don't think he's going to be there. He's a mall. The third guy, I love that dude. yeah, he is. He, they, they love get, his attitude. If they hit
2: him. Th- this running game, hell, I'm running for a thousand behind those guys. Yes, yeah, hell yes. yeah,
3: yes. With no Jent- doubt. And with then Jensen,
2: the- Werfs, and that dude, and yeah. you know, you throw couple of good guards or get in there,
3: or in there or filer and yeah a quarterback for, for that's sure.
2: actually going to do some rpos and stuff oh, come, on. Mm-hmm. come on come
3: on yeah. come on go ahead Sorry, I'm, I'm with you i'm with you rocky yeah. top yeah. um the, the third guy's probably broderick jones from georgia he's young but the athleticism there is just it's off the charts he might awkward, be the most little, athletic yeah
2: but kind of awkward yeah he, but they'll clean that
3: up yeah clean that up. Yeah, he, yeah he's got the physical tools he's got the agility the athleticism yeah. the he he's he's built i mean he's he doesn't look like an offensive line there's no sloppy looks like body a with him.
2: linebacker you know he almost. really is he, he, he really a big like a huge running back he's super athletic, yes but goofy yeah
3: uh, you remember roman Oben back yeah. in tampa yeah. you know it's yeah. like like yeah. kind of just chiseled and it yeah. looked like a gladiator like that's kind of how, how robert jones looks yeah. he's probably the third guy the fourth guy then is, is anton harrison who we have in our mock draft out of oklahoma and r- really good athletic quick feet um Probably needs to get a little stronger in the weight room, yeah. but battle tested, he's he's. I think he's going to be there, right? Because when we do our mock, it doesn't make sense to draft. Uh, I think the Bucks are going to go for Paris Johnson. Now, at the same time, in 2020, Tristan Wirfs was the Bucks' top-rated tackle, right? And he fell all the way on the, to, to be becoming the fourth tackle off the board, yeah. and the Bucks lucked out because they got the best one. But I, I think if the board holds true. And those players come off, then, and I think those three, the top three, will be gone by 19. I think that would leave them with Anton Harrison. And then after that, to answer your question, Nick, there's a drop-off. Matthew Bergeron might be the next guy. He's definitely a second-round guy.
2: Then you go edge. Uh, but, then you go edge. Yeah. Those guys yeah, then, then you, you go, go edge. edge. I,
3: I think I think, I think will the top three are is gone, a, you go edge. Yeah. Yeah,
2: you go edge. Yeah.
3: Well, I, I think they go Harrison because there's a big drop-off after mm-hmm. four. Okay, so I could true? see that. True. And now, if all four are gone, I think Will McDonald from Iowa State would be a fantastic pick. I think he's a dynamic even at, edge, even at 19? built for the three-four. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he—he's not getting out of the first round. He mm-hmm. is—he legit, and he's got the production man. Thirty-four sacks, ten forced fumbles, uh, bats down passes, line of scrimmage, thirty-five inch arms. He is built for this three-four defense. He's a dog. And, yeah, he is. And, and then I think in the second round, if you get tackled in the first round, you're going to have a chance to get, you know, Derek Hall. You're going to have a chance from Auburn. Uh, Felix Dike-Ozama from Kansas State. Um, B.J. Ojolari from LSU. Yeah. I, I think there, there's one of those State three game? guys. From Kansas yeah, State Felix Dike-Ozama. Yeah,
2: they're pretty good, yeah. I heard. Yeah. yeah. All right, Paws. Um It's going to be fun. What, what's Pew Report doing for the draft? You got some parties going on? We got have
3: – well, we've got a yeah. We have a party online. We've got a three day live draft event right from Team Headquarters. We're going to be there, and streaming every single minute of the draft. Matter of fact, we're going to do an hour before the draft than every day. So it starts tomorrow night. All right. We can't, I can't believe the drafts already here. It starts tomorrow night at seven p.m. The draft will kick off at eight. But just go to PeterReport.com. It will have our, our live streaming window right there, and you can also follow us uh, if you want to stream it on Facebook. Not, I'm sorry, not, it will be on Facebook. So you guys going to be at the Bucks, you,
2: uh at the headquarters over there? At the yes, media they're, they're going to
3: put okay. us like in the little, little broom closet and we'll be in there doing right, the, the, I'll the see podcast. You over there. I'm, I'll stick my head yeah. in there and yell at you all. Yeah, come on and, and let us know what you think about the picks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll see. feel free to feel free to come on and, and rag me if I'm wrong. So. Oh, well, I would
2: never do that. The before. Godfather can always be
3: sleep. right, JP. Yeah. No well, one's perfect.
2: JP sleeps with the fishes. Where's Luca Brutz? Yes, absolutely. Right. All right, my friend, we'll be uh, we'll be tuning in. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it.
3: You got it. The Thank great, you. The
2: Godfather of the Buccaneers draft, right there, right there. Make you an offer you can't refuse. Go watch them. Um, I'm going to uh, do something a little bit with our DSP media folks as well. So I'll be the Buccaneers, and while they talk about what the the Cowboys are going to draft, like it makes a difference. Y'all are losers. I can't
1: say that now because they whooped our ass in the playoffs. They did. Yeah, they did. Hey, tomorrow's going to be a fun day. Especially for me, like listen to my my night tomorrow. Okay, like, I tomorrow's my off day on Thursdays. Okay, so this this sets up perfectly. Tomorrow is our first. Remember I told you we joined a, a competitive softball league. Oh yeah, tomorrow yeah, is yeah. the is the opener at six thirty in McDill. How practice go?
2: <laughs> you guys had a practice. We've gone. We, right? felt, we had like three
1: practices. Three practices. <laughs> oh your my boy, god, your boy's hitting lead off. You're hitting lead off. Hitting lead off. I've had a,
2: scouting the practices. <laughs> What's going on? It wasn't my decision. <laughs>
1: I, I'm telling you. Who's managing the I've, team? I have had an athletic resurgence here in my early 20s. Oh, wow. Something's happened.
3: Wow.
2: Because
1: I'm hitting leadoff, and I've, I'm telling you, I've proven it in the BP session.
2: All I know is your former coach, Eric Erlinson did not rate you high on the athlete scale.
1: Listen, I, I will take some <laughs> the of those. The rest... was good. Less, I, was, I less... had not grown into my body yet. I was more of that shorter, chubbier kid, and I was not a good runner. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I slimmed go. out long ago. Which
2: hurts for Soccer.
1: It hurt for soccer. my <laughs> uh, God Baseball's a little bit different, softball. Yeah. But anyway, we got that. That's supposed to end around 7.30, right. which is the time that the lightnings start. Mm-hmm. So perfect transition there. going to go to B-dubs after because it's also BOGO boneless on Thursdays. Oh, well,
2: gosh, yeah. So
1: all of us are going to be together. going to be at Bogo B-dubs. Which, balance. by the
2: way, we, I, I, we need to outlaw the term. What? There's no such thing as a boneless wing.
1: No, a boneless wing. no, I agree. I agree. It's a like the chicken the nugget. Nuggets. It's a nugget. Okay. But they're BOGO, so you get them, right? BOGO, it's Bogo nuggets. It's a sauced-up chicken nugget. Right. Anyway, we're going to be there. We're going to have the lightning game on, and then we're going to have the NFL draft on. And this is going to, this is going to be an epic night tomorrow. That is a
2: good day, and you get to come on here and talk about it on, on Friday. And exactly. tomorrow, you get to start your day doing this show, which is going to be fun. I, it, draft it, it, day, we're going to have our feel it landmark day. Tomorrow, we're going to do our ultimate draft scenario for the Buccaneers. Like, I got one cooking. Mm. I got a good one cooking. It has to be. You have to come up with yours, and we'll have some guests tomorrow as well. But you have to come up. With something that's somewhat reasonable. You can't, but oh, we're giving up a fourth round pick to jump up to number but one. But not
1: something that everyone's <laughs> necessarily talking about right now.
2: Well, we've talked about everything.
1: There's <laughs> always a scenario. Months. There's always going to be a player. You never know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I have my ultimate dream scenario, which I think is very doable in my brain. Okay. And, uh, to jumpstart the post-Brady era.
1: I'm going to watch I'm gonna watch Draft Day tonight to get some inspiration. With Kevin Costner. The, the most unrealistic show ever. Have they, have they ever.
2: edited out the love story yet? I mean, oh just my God. Gosh. Every,
1: Was that the most forced
2: love story plot in Every the history Every movie has to have some kind I of love have story to, in it. Have to. Like, What are we doing here?
1: I mean, we're talking... It's Draft Day. And You're ruining you a
2: really cheesy, good <laughs> sports it's, movie. It's
1: Draft Day, and and Sam in... Uh, what's his face in the movie? What's his name in the movie? Kevin Costner... Uh, oh... Uh, Whatever, Same, whatever. Uh, Kevin Costner's trying to just trade it up to get Bo Callahan, is dealing with Bo all Callahan. that. He's dealing with Vontae <laughs> Mack and, Mac and, and all this Callahan. and all this stuff, and then he's just randomly taking breaks in in, in broom closets to yeah. have a little love affair. Yeah, right. That's, Come on, his mom's weird. in the building. <laughs> like we're spreading you, ashes on the field. What are we doing here? It's right. really the most unrealistic yeah. movie. But the plot, the, if you
2: just stick to the sports stuff, it's kind of fun. It's, it's compelling, fun. It's not, you know, it's a fun little romp. Yeah, you know, but the rest is like, well, what are we doing? Here? It's good to tune it. Like, like, like you just see the, in the script meeting, you hear some consultant coming in, you know, with glasses. And where's the love story for the ladies? We have to have a love story. And it story, starts, with that, the love it starts yeah.
1: with that too. It starts with that
2: too. Like the, the writers sitting there going, "It's a, it's a draft movie. We, uh, there's nobody, there's nobody banging people in broom closets. What are you talking about?" Well, that's actually not true. <laughs> that that may be. I'm not going into that one. Um, all right. <laughs> Ashley, Ashley Lynn says, oh, it was a good movie because of the love story? Really? Ashley Lynn, really? It was good because of the love story? That's why you liked it? I mean, because if you're looking for a love story, there's probably a few more movies out there that might be a little- there's a bunch of guys like, I want to see the draft movie. And, and then, of course, you know, it's the Cleveland Browns doing something on, on smart on draft day, which makes it completely unrealistic. Listen,
1: if you want to see a great love story and in the most chaotic way, you know what me and Casey started watching this week and we finished it last night? What? Is Love is Blind. Have oh, you heard about
2: this? Yeah, yeah Ashley loves that. She he, she loves that show. I heard the, I liked the premise of it, and I'm like, well... Pfft. That's not, I said, those aren't going to be good relationships ever.
1: Well, I mean, all three of the four that got, well, three of them got married. One of them left the other one at the altar. Yeah. But three of them that got married, they did the reunion, the live reunion last week. And after know, a year yeah. or so, they're Ashley. all still. How
2: many have to get Ashley to come on? Yeah, they're all still it. together. Ashley and Casey. Let's get Ashley and Casey to come on and. and do the do the uh, roundup show?
1: Oh, I could do the roundup. <laughs> oh, really? I'm, I'm invested. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm It's so chaotic. I can't take my eyes off of it.
2: Really? I just can't get invested in any of these shows because I know it's all fake. It's all scripted. It's just like your wrestling stuff. You get all, all wrapped up in these in these stories that are completely fake. Now, of course, movies are the same thing. But <laughs> but there's just so much. But I, at least I know they're they're not pretending it to be real. Like I feel like I'm the whole time I'm watching. I'm like, you're lying to me. Yeah, I'm mean,
1: What do you do? Yeah, I mean, they they've known each other for like you know a week in a pod where they can't see all, each it's other. It's all for
2: TV. And, he,
1: and they're like crying. Like I love you so much. Oh my. And he's God. like, sing, they're singing songs to each other, and they're like, oh, it was the sweetest thing ever. And like I'm watching, I'm like, this is the most cringiest thing ever, but I can't take my eyes off of it.
2: <laughs> Listen to what you just said. It's the cringiest thing ever, and I can't. You know what happens when so I say the cringiest it's good. thing ever? <laughs> Sports Center. <laughs> oh, really? You want to watch Sports Center right now? <laughs> and I can't even watch Sports Center anymore.
1: You know what? I've, I've now I've gone back to watching old games. What, do they still have? E- they might have it on ESPN Plus. Do they need to bring back like the ESPN Classic Channel or something? Yes, because you know I what? Love that show. You know, a lot of my sports knowledge as a kid, I owe it to Stump the Schwab. Stump the Schwab.
3: Stump the Schwab. What a great was, show!
1: Was amazing. What a
2: great show, and it was amazing that that dude was unbelievable. A dick. Yeah, that that was crazy. Um, Eric Agnew said I made her watch. She kind of a newbie at this. Oh, is that about
1: the draft? I'm assuming.
2: Made her watch what? Love is Blind? Or no, no, are...
1: got to be draft day. Draft day. Probably um, not understanding how the draft. Process how about works.
2: Costner trashing other GMs while trying to get a trade the, the, done? Hey, Unrealistic. The, the, the best under, moment. Yeah, right, right. The
1: best moment involves that though. When he's they're at the end of the movie and he's trying to do the retrade with Seattle because he doesn't want Bo Callahan. And he's like, you know, what else do we want? Like, he hits, like, mute on the phone. And he's like, what else do we want? And he's like, David Putney. <laughs> and he tells him, he's like, he's like, I want David Putney. And he's like, I want David God-know-what you Putney because I feel like it. And then he's like, come on, you pancake-eating mother effer. And like forces him basically to go through the. It's the most unrealistic thing ever, you know. But it was fun. But it was fun. That that's the best moment. So of the movie actually, that, I agree. I it
2: was it was a good movie. I loved the movie. It was fun. But I kept going like, what are we doing here with the Bob story? It's there. But in all, I did love it. It was fun.
1: And I liked what's this? Is it Dennis Leary? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. That was Coach Penn. Yeah, he's great. He's great in that movie he's too. A,
2: he's great in everything he's ever done. He's, he's fantastic. Everything he's ever done. All right. We got to hit a break for God's sake. Um, all right. Uh, our thanks to Jeeves Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Uh, Chris Lugo was on, their medical director, talking about his uh, new True Body machine having amazing success. So if you're lazy, and you don't want to work out, and you want to get abs like that guy, um, that's the True Body. That's what you got to do. Um, you don't have to do 10,000 crunches. Just hook yourself up the machine, a couple of treatments, and you're starting to get abs. They're getting great results. Uh, it's the way it works. Um, so check it out. Go to BAMMC.com. And even if you out, you like to work out, it will just amplify everything. So eats that fat, gets you uh, trim and lean. And they've got great things over there, testosterone placement, weight loss, nutrition. Great. BAMMC.com. All right, we'll be back to talk a little bolts as we get ready for Game 5 up in Toronto tomorrow night. Stay with us. Folks, there is no better place to shop for jewelry than the gold and diamond source. They are the family jewelers, and they will treat you like family. They'll make it a fun experience. People come from all over to shop at the gold and diamond source because of their great customer service and incredible, impeccable reputation. No sales pressure, no intimidation, and they have the largest selection of hand-picked diamonds. And by the way, diamonds are the April birthstone. So this month only, they are offering 15% off their diamond birthstone collection available on just select products and you probably heard a lot about lab created diamonds folks they hold no real value you will have no resale value whatsoever with a lab created diamond and of course it's fake it doesn't mean as much The Golden Diamond Source has plenty of options to accommodate any budget, folks. Interest-free financing up to five years, a layaway program, 20% down, and only six monthly payments. And, of course, the Diamond Savings Account, where you get full value of your diamond when you look to upgrade. It's all there for you at the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Omberton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes, just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on TrueBody and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, com well fitz the mortgage guy did it again a listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called scott fitzgerald at american mortgage services of tampa and fitz saved him six hundred and eighteen dollars on his monthly payment are you kidding me folks that's big money Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595, or go to Scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients, but it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto business life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813 877 7799 or go to ItalianoInsurance.com. Let's go right now.
3: Back to the show with JP on, on Fans Dream Sports.
2: All right, welcome back. to The JP Peterson show brought to you by the great folks at the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law com. Uh, they have they do everything over there. Class action suits, something that Scott Jeeves has been the pin. The point man on many times, tremendous attorney, very aggressive. So whatever your legal issues are, the Jeeves Law Group, uh, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group dot com. Uh, And Italiano Insurance as well, folks. We love the folks over there. It is a time when homeowners insurance rates are going through the roof. I know, but there are companies out there that Italiano is working with uh, that have some lower rates. So just don't go with the one you've been with for a long, long time because you you don't want to change your automatic debit <laughs> or whatever. Just let them do the work. Give them a call, 813 877 Just say, hey, shop it around for me. See what you can find. And they'll make sure you're getting all your discounts as well because there's a lot of discounts that you, you may have things in your home you're not getting discounts for. So, again, let them do the work. You save all the money, 813 877 Ninety nine. Um, before we move on to the bolts, question from Bucks Rays and Bolts is uh, answer. If all four positions are there, JP, who do you take? It, to me, it's not about positions; it's about players. It's about players. Somebody, I think somebody really good is going to fall to the Buccaneers because somebody's jumping up to take another quarterback. Um, somebody's jumping up to take a wide receiver. You know, you only see Smith and Jigba as the only one going early on. Um, so. There could be others. You just never know in this draft. I think there's a lot of good players available, and the Bucks don't have an absolute need at any position now. I think Jason Light's done a great job of of re-signing guys and and getting guys in here, so they're not pigeonholed to any position. You know, if um, you know if the, if the Tennessee tackle falls to you, or one of those good tackles falls to you, you take him.
1: Yeah, and if even an-
2: if Anthony Richardson is there. I I don't see how you. uh, Will Evis is there. I don't see how you don't take either one of those guys.
1: And even in the interest of going best player available, like, I mean, remember before they went and signed Ryan Neal, we were talking about that safety position. And I know Scott was really high on on Brian Branch. Right. Who probably might be there at 19, I'd say. So it's like. Where does he kind of fit into the mold there? Because I know they short. Great. Up. Be a really good pick. Because again, I just best player available, and if I don't. They need
2: a slot corner, and he can play slot corner and safety or a love...
1: Like you know, yeah. I think that's still like worth addressing. Yep. And if you feel like you can get a slam dunk guy in the first round, and probably where they'd be picking, I think he could probably go higher. But I think he's going to slide a little bit just because of the quarterback situation. I mean, you got to throw him into the hat and as well. What,
2: and what Scott said about you know, having three quarterbacks is absolutely 100% true. Yes. We even talked about that. And if they did do that, I think you'd have to move off one of them, trade them. Trade Trask. You know, is there, and you say, well, you know, would you trade Baker Mayfield? Well, yeah, I would. If somebody, if somebody loses a quarterback, a starting quarterback, and they want to come get him, come get him. You know, he's on a very cheap contract. You can do that. I would, I would probably move somebody, if you drafted an Anthony Richardson, I would probably try to move Kyle Trask and get some, some value for him. Because, yeah, he's just going to sit there, it's going to muck up your, your entire thing. And again, you know the process will tell you where to go with it. Mm. And, and, you can, and it's not just how many passes you throw, it's how you comport yourself. All those things will tell you whether this guy is Anthony Richardson mature enough. Is Hendon Hooker going to be available this year? Is he is he mature enough? Whoever you draft in that particular spot, Will Levis, yeah, you're going to have to give him an opportunity. Yeah. So, I you know, if you did draft the quarterback, I think you'd have to move one of those other guys out and get some value because I think they all have value. I think they all have value. I don't know what the value is, but I think they all have some value. Uh, no question about it. So, yeah, I don't mean to evade your question, but um, I think there's a lot of ways you can go and best player available impactful player long-term is where you want to go. Yep. I, just can't, I just can't underscore enough. If you don't have a long-term answer at quarterback, you got to get one. And if somebody falls to you, you can't
1: ignore it. Yeah, them. and I think the funny thing is, and, it's not, and I'm, not, I'm not picking on Scott or anything, everybody's doing it, and I feel like we do this every year. When we start nitpicking the process when it comes to quarterback through all this time, and we start finding flaws in everybody, and we go, oh, well, it's really not as good as a class as we think. Next year's is better. that's such a i i feel like we do this every year yeah Yeah, yeah. i mean i'm reading i i I read stuff yesterday from the athletic from all these people and it just i have to just laugh almost because it's like caleb williams like everybody's saying that oh he's the most sure thing we've ever seen he's he's a more polished mahomes and like i i hear all this stuff and i just i roll my eyes (laughs) i just i frankly i roll my eyes seriously
2: He's got a whole year to play. And, people are, and people are
1: telling me that the, the third-best quarterback next year after the top two is Michael Penix. It's like, okay, well, he's a lefty. Like he's got injury history. He's older. Like what makes him better than any of these guys? Yeah. Bo Nix. Come on. I saw this guy fail in the SEC. He has one great year at Oregon, and I'm right. supposed to just prop this guy up automatically? Yeah. Oh, new coach. he Seeing the field differently. Like, so when everybody's talking about this quarterback class next year, just tell me you're just talking about the front two. Because I think everything else after that is as much as a crapshoot this year as it is in any other year. Yeah. Seriously.
2: And as much as you sit there and say, I want to take, you know, one of these four tackles or these great edge rushers. If Anthony Richardson is there and he is Lamar Jackson, I mean, how many teams do you think rue the day that they passed on Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Jackson? It it gets GMs fired. Yeah. Deshaun, by the way, was... You know, obviously had had a good career to that point. Um, it, it just, it, it, it just you don't want to pass on those guys when you don't have a long-term yeah, answer.
1: That, that's the, again. And the, just the
2: idea, that guy running around and throwing the ball the
1: way he it, does. It's, it's enticing. I mean, it really like, is.
2: I mean, we may not win a lot of games, but damn, it's going to be exciting. He'll throw yeah. it to the wrong guy way too many times so. in the first year, but. So anyway, Damn, as, it's as, as, we, as we
1: transition to yeah. the Lightning, if yeah. you got anything, Sorry. Sorry. If you got anything out of the conversation to wrap it up, it's, it's basically don't be surprised if the Bucks take a quarterback, and they have to exhaust every option with it because it's still a need is the bottom line.
2: It's, I'm trying to avoid talking about the Lightning. so I, I just, You've been doing that all week. I know. <laughs> um, Spit and Chicklets did, uh, did a, a back and forth. I haven't heard it yet, but I, would, I always ask this question. You know, should grown adults be wearing jerseys? I'm a no
1: on that. Oh, don't come at me like that. I'm a no on, on
2: that. On. No, I don't. I, unless it's special occasion, you know, just general. But I general, like I see dudes that wear jerseys every day of their life. Oh, oh that's, I'm going to wear this today. I'm going to wear this today. I I'm have. Gonna wear this today. I mean, it's like
1: <sighs> I have never worn a jersey, honestly, unless I'm going to a game, or in this case, like I wanted to show off my Shane McLanahan jersey once to y'all. Yeah, like right. Because they're event. not because they're because they're not comfortable to wear.
2: Right, special event, but I mean, guys like it's it's the it's their staple in their wardrobe. People
1: walking in the street wearing jerseys yeah. and everything. Uh... I'm not. It's not comfy.
2: No, it's not. Com- I just don't. I just think it's really sophomoric. I don't. It, you're wearing another dude's jersey, man. I don't know. It's like
1: well, the funny thing to me was like for like 20 years, the highest uh, selling jersey was Tom Brady, and this is when he was with the Patriot, and I just kept asking myself, who doesn't have a Tom Brady jersey by now? If you're a Patriot fan, for 20 years, how does he continually have the high... It's like the same thing with like a LeBron by jersey. By the way,
2: I have never purchased a jersey in my life. I have never made a purchase of a jersey. You know, The teams used to give them to me all the time, and you know, wear it on Channel 8 and everything. Never, never purchased a jersey. Hmm. That's I, true. No, that's just me though. If you want, if that's your thing. That's your thing. But if you're asking me the question, nah. All right, so let's get into the lightning. Um, I was listening to uh, uh, Greg Lanelli and Dave Mishkin on the uh, lunchtime lightning uh, that they do on the two four seven at lightning two hundred twenty four seven app, and also on 1025.2, the strike. Check that out. Um, I was listening to those guys on the way home, and I was texting with Mish, and I said, "Yeah, we so they were talking about this yesterday, and that's the we were talking about it, obviously." The, the shots that have been going in from the point, uh, whether they're tipped or they go straight in, you know, and, and Vasilevsky being really, really statistically bad at that, so much so that Derek Lalonde, his old coach, admitted on, uh, T, or one of the, as an analyst the other yes, day sir. that they devised a whole defensive strategy around that to be better at it. And I have to ask the question, now that Derek Lalonde is gone, have we gone away from that? Are we not as good at it, or do we not have the personnel
1: to... I'll, I'll give you the answer to it, what I think. What is that? No. Well, yeah. <laughs> Clearly. The The loss of... This is where they lose Eric Chernak the most.
2: Yeah, I think so. Because And McDonough.
1: Yeah, McDonough. But I'll throw... For this series' of sake, because you've got to work Chernak. with what you have. Yep. It's really Eric Chernak. This is where his loss is felt because I can tell you right now, as big of a body he is, and a bruiser, and he's not afraid to put his weight around... These guys that are just standing in the slot and in the line of Vasilevsky, they're just standing there waiting for tips. Eric Turnock's not letting those guys get free. Nope. And he's not nope. letting them sit there. He's clearing them out of the, out of the slot.
2: Or he's it's got his stick on their stick. Or he's got their stick on their when stick. That, when that shot is
1: taken, it's... He's going to have much better instincts than Ian Cole or Zach Bogosian who, who seem to lose their assignments. And maybe even some of the rookies as well because they're inexperienced. That's where they're losing Eric Chernak the most right now, I think, is in front of Vasilevsky.
2: Take the Austin Matthews tip in, for instance. I mean, there's nobody near him.
1: No, because Ian Cole just completely lets him go behind the net and just doesn't keep an eye on him. He's late to react. You
2: let him stand, like Klorin, on the power play the other day. You let a guy sit right next to the net, Kucherov's going to find his stick and put it in. Or or you're going to they're going to tip it in they're going to have a yeah. good opportunity to tip it in no we're not we're not as yeah. physical in front of the net as we need to be and we're not blocking shots uh, up top as good as we be or, or even in the, getting in the passing
1: lanes and that being said though listen the play, nobody's Shooting nobody's lanes. feeling sorry for you though there's injuries <laughs> there are injuries all over the place right now in the NHL yeah I mean talk about Carolina you think anybody's feeling sorry for them they're no. working without Sveshnikov Vinen, and Pachuretti yeah. Right, and they're having to, to grind their way through this series against the Islanders. Uh, the Avs, the defending cup champions, who I think are in a bit of trouble, they have no land and now McCarr does something completely stupid, stupid. Yeah, he's and out. gets himself suspended for game five. Uh, I mean, this is happening. Nobody's feeling sorry for you, so you have to work around it. And I don't think the Lightning have been able to adjust to that. And maybe it's just as simple as we don't have the personnel, so maybe we could try to do something different, but we don't have the personnel to do it. I don't know, but they just have not adjusted well in this series to that.
2: My biggest problem with, with banging on the lightning right now is the fact that they should have won both of those because they've outplayed this team. They've outplayed them, and they're they're the better team. I think they're the. I think people say, "Oh, it's Toronto's year. Look at all the guys that they added." I'm like, I'm looking at game one. And game two was a throwaway without Hedman. I'm looking at game three. I'm looking at the first two periods of game four. His first, at least the first thirty minutes, and the Lightning have dominated. They dominated the overtime of game three. I mean of all the if you go through all the periods I, I think they you know obviously the first game they dominated three um second game none <laughs> third game I think they 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 were I would give them four in in that in that one at least three of those periods if not four and game 3 I would give them first half of the second uh most of the third
1: yep well no I'm
2: not no game 4 they lost the obviously lost the third period um, so at least, you know, a, p- a period and a half there. Uh, I mean, they've been the better team with Headman. So I think there's, but when you're down 3-1, it's just, you can be the better. You're going to lose one of these three games even if you're, you know, they're going to steal another game even if they're not the better team. And you could, I could see Toronto coming out tomorrow and just like, you know, just hair on fire. We're not going to, we've lost 10 games in a row where we could close teams out in in, in these series, and we're not going to let another one slip by. We're not getting on that plane. I could see them doing that, and I can see the lightning just two, two gut punches like this, man. It's it's hard to get off
1: this. The bat. This to me reminds me of last year in the final when the series was two to two, and the lightning. I remember, it might have been game five, I want to say maybe, and against Colorado. It's been a long time. I know it was yeah. one of those games where the lightning had dominated play for majority of the game against Colorado at yeah. home. Yeah, and then they. They gave up a goal, like two or three goals, quickly in the third period of Colorado. That game went to overtime and they lost. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that was the game was I remember. I think that was the Kadri game. Yeah, yeah. When he came of.
2: off the bench and you know, yes, <laughs> skating at the blue line 120 feet from the bench. Just, uh,
1: emotionally, I thought the series <laughs> in full stride, but looking it wasn't too looking back at it, just from an emotional standpoint, yeah. that to me felt where that series ended right I there. Feel, I remember thinking inevitably,
2: Colorado's winning this. We don't have point. They're getting all the breaks. They and they just they were the faster team. Yeah, it was almost felt like we were Toronto, and that you know and and the, and it's like T- Cloud was just better in that series. Remember? Yeah, and, and we were hanging in. We were hanging in, and I think that's how Toronto is right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know with the lightning of, but losing that game four, it just you know from three one to two two, it's just and the way you lost it, it's the it's, way now can this team just erase that from their memory and just win one game they're the better team win one game they're the better team win one game sure it can happen I, it's I, it's not i don't think that i don't sit here going oh man you know if if i was toronto and i was down 3-1 like this I, the way this series has gone let's just say the lightning don't allow that last goal in game 3 yeah with a minute to play which vasi should have had Let's just say that happens, and let's just say they close out game four and only give up two goals, and they win it 4-3. And they're sitting here with a 3-1 lead. Would Toronto have any chance whatsoever? We'd be saying
1: saying this team can't beat Tampa Bay three games in a row. But as we stand now, they've just done it. And now I have to ask myself, can this Lightning team win three in a row against Toronto, two going to be having on the road, including game seven?
2: Yes, they can. I, I think I, there's a better
1: chance of that
2: happening than it would were the reverse because I, I, agree I think with that. the Lightning have been the better team.
1: I agree with that. I'm not gonna say I don't disagree, but I still don't think this group can do it. This group to me, we've talked about it. This group is different. There's something about this team that is just off right now, the way they're clo- the way that the inability to close games. It happened in the regular season. It's crept into the playoffs, which we thought wouldn't happen. Right. You don't have you you don't have the Vesna winner and goal right now. Let's be completely honest here at the moment.
2: The discussion that we had yesterday, and I think, and then the discussion I heard with Mish, and maybe I'll try to get Mish on tomorrow, but Game Day probably won't be able to. it, it was like, look at the tippins the tippins, I, I mean I get that, how but I have put to, any of those on Vasilevsky? I don't
1: put those on Vasilevsky, and I heard what Chief said yesterday, and he's a goalie he knows yeah. more than I do. I'm not disputing no that I'm not disputing that. I'm talking about all the I'm talking about some of the other ones that weren't tips that were coming out from long range where it looked like he had clear angles to stop the, the Riley goal the the Ri- both Riley goals to yep. me, I just feel yep. like he's got to have the yep. O'Reilly goal in the third period.. Have that these one. are just things I've never seen from Vasilevsky in in, in, the, in this group. And, you know, so I don't really have much faith at the moment that they're going to just bounce back but, and go three in a row against Toronto. This is a really <laughs> talented team still. You're not going to walk over. I, it's, you, you're not going to continue to walk over this team, I don't think. Yeah. Toronto's too talented of a team for you to continue to assert your dominance like they did for a majority of this series so far.
2: That said, how many times have we seen Vassy flip the switch and become – just absolutely impregnable. Many times.
1: Many times. Six shutouts. Well, there comes a time when it doesn't happen anymore.
2: Right. And it's, boy, does it feel like that time. It does. It, I mean, it's just, I'm, I want to be as most optimistic as, as I possibly can, but in my gut, it just feels like this is not their year. And It's, it's and felt it,
1: like that all year.
2: And, it, and it's just that whole malaise of like, I mean, if we feel like that as fans... <laughs> Imagine how the players
1: feel. I mean, what do you think psychologically is going through their mind? We've outplayed this team for three of the four games. We've been the better side. We thought we played our – this was Pat Maroon's words. Game three, we thought we played our best game of the year, and we couldn't win the game. We couldn't close. We were even better, I'd argue, in game four for 50 minutes, and (sighs) we couldn't close and win the game. I, I just – sometimes you throw your hands up in the air and go, like, what like, – we can't – like, I don't know what else to do. And the flip side of that is just like – and I
2: just – I have a hard time, you know, buying into long-term history streaks because those things don't matter because it's on the ice now. But where they do matter is in that part of the brain, the subconscious part of the brain. When you've been hearing people, it's, it's like anything else, folks. If you study, if you study human behavior – The power of suggestion, the power of positivity, you know, you can call it that that stuff works. And the power of negativity works really well, too. When you're constantly getting pounded, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. It takes a special person to overcome that and do it. And when you're when you're Toronto and they've been telling you for 10 for 10 series since 2004, almost 20 freaking years, you can't get out of the first round. It sits back there. It's in the back of all their heads. And until they do it, it's not going to – and there sit the Lightning, who are the masters at getting off the mat. Nobody, and I mean nobody, bounces back like the
1: Tampa it, Bay it's, Lightning, it's, this group. It is pretty apropos, if you think about it, if you're Toronto. Like, if, you're gonna, if it's going to happen, <laughs> guess what you've got to go through to do it? You've got to go through the best franchise over the past decade.
2: And if it were to happen, I will. Come on here, on well, when would it be? With Game Seven, uh, whatever. If it does happen, the Lightning come back from three games to one to beat Toronto. I'm going to come on this show and laugh for 15 minutes nonstop. And that's all I'm going to do is just laugh. I'm going to put on a put up a Maple Leaf jersey and put on a Maple Leaf hat or do whatever we got to do, and we're just going to we you and I are just going to laugh. And then we'll sprinkle in highlights of how they did it, and just laugh. No analysis. Like, listen to this one. Remember that? I don't think. But if they do, I promise you that show. I pr- <laughs> wouldn't. That be a great show. Uh,
1: that can't happen. Can, can it? really happen? Sure,
2: it can. It's Toronto. They can they suck. really
1: do this again?
2: They. They're all. They are the biggest choke artists in the history of hockey. Come on, it's Toronto. It's the well, Maple Leafs.
1: The, the Lightning are the biggest chokers of this week. Yeah, ain't no so. doubt about that. And being real, keeping
2: it real. No, it they of all organizations. Think of a bigger choking organization. Think, it, can you think of any of them? Like the you might say the Buffalo Bills, but I always say you got the four straight Super Bowls. You did something that's worth. At you least, won games. That's worth at least <laughs> one the party. You know, um, I, I just so I mean that's Choke City. That is such. A, they, they've lost three one leads. They've lost. They, they've lost so many leads. Look at the Lightning last year; they were down in the in Game Six, and they came back and won, yeah. and then won Game Seven in their own place. So, yeah, of course, that's only one more game that you got to come back and win in a row.
1: It, it is, but I, I again, I this whole narrative going in about you know Toronto and like the new guys they brought in and how they would mesh and everything. I think at least you look at it. I mean, Achari's been a factor in this series. Right, yeah, he's been a, he's been a factor. Let's right, be honest, he's, he's been on some really good teams. You know, There's Boston, Florida, he,
2: fast he should have.
1: Yeah, uh, but Ryan O'Reilly, man, I mean he's he's won a Stanley Cup. I, he was the I think he was the A on that team. I think Petrangelo might have been the captain. Whatever, he won the Smythe did he? I think he yeah, might have won yeah. the con Smythe. Yeah. So again. Talk about championship DNA, which is something that that team has lacked for a long time, and has been the. He almost feels like he's the missing ingredient for yeah. this whole this whole thing. Yeah. And I'd argue, from a full sixty minute standpoint, there's nobody that's been completely better than Ryan O'Reilly. Every shift this guy takes, I mean he he takes it with a purpose. Yeah, and he's he's he knows been, where to go on the ice. He's won a lot of big faceoffs. He's scored big goals. I just feel like he's that calming presence in that dressing room. There's no nervousness. Like they asked him, "Are you nervous going into Game Four, being up two to one?" And he's like, "Do I look nervous to you?" Mm. Like he's got that confidence to him. He's not nervous about it. No. So no. I think Ryan O'Reilly has honestly changed the complexion of this Toronto team, and more so the belief. I'm sure he was the first guy telling him going into the going into the the second intermission before Game Four. Hey guys, it's four to one, but we're not dead yet. Uh, listen, I'm sure he did the same thing in Game 3. He's the guy.
2: This is, I think uh, Christopher Cole says it's Got to have their best game on Thursday night. Just get to Game 6. I agree. You win this Game 5 up there. Okay? You win this Game 5, and they got to get on a plane and come to Tampa. And that freaking place Saturday night is going to be on fire. And I take my chances with the Lightning at home and Toronto choking on it. And if they get to a Game 7 in Toronto... Those, they won't be able to breathe. They're, they're going to need oxygen
1: on that. Those guys will be so... Uh, uh, oh, really? Because there's been plenty of Toronto fans in the building for these games. Whatever. I don't think it's as big as a home ice advantage as many it's were pl- thinking. It's pl- <laughs> well, I would
2: appreciate it if we go to overtime, if you fans... But there's a little, you know, I think a lot of fans left at 4-1. to you're in a playoff game. You just paid all this money for your And, tickets, and You know what? Man. I'm just going to be
1: honest. Is the, is the traffic really that bad? And I'm, ju- and I'm just going to be honest. Is it really
2: that? Is it like an hour to get out of the. To the? No. I'm going to be honest.
1: It's, it's a bad look, and it frustrates me. I, I watched I, the I game. Agree. I was watching last night Dallas and, and Minnesota. Okay? And is anybody going to tell me that Dallas is some traditional hockey market? No, no, you're not. But you know what? I watched the entire first period of that game. And everybody that's sitting on that camera side, and the camera's a little lower, so you can see the entire crowd there on that side. Yeah. Everybody is standing the whole time, the entire game. Yeah, I'm not comparing the Lightning to Edmonton or Toronto. That's unfair. But in Dallas, they're standing the entire game and they're loud. Well, you. It's not, like that not that be it's not like that you be in It's not like that in Nobody's leaving
2: game in the in a middle of the third period. It's embarrassing. Even, or and then get to overtime, and there's there's more Leafs fans in the building than there are Lightning fans in a playoff game.
1: That's embarrassing.
2: I you know I love my Lightning fans and I think they're the best fans in the world. But it, it's human nature. We're spoiled. We've been you know we've been and, and, and that's human nature. I'm sorry. If when you're in Toronto and you you can't win crap, you're gonna go. You're gonna have a lot more energy for the playoffs. You just are. You, this is our year. This is our year. It's just, it's just different and in other markets as well. We've been into, We've been you know our fans have been paying two hundred fifty dollars a
1: ticket. So there's fatigue,
2: of course, of course there is. I think there is
1: because uh, I mean there's the same thing this year during the regular season. There's financial season. fatigue. They can advertise, you know, sellouts and all that kind of stuff. But you were there every night. It was not a sellout every night. No,
2: no. You, I think you, you can. I think it's at ninety percent. If you're ninety percent of capacity of tickets sold or something, eighty five percent, it's considered a sellout. But no, it hasn't been. And I again, economy is tough. It's nothing against the Lightning. It's nothing against the Lightning fans. It's like it's human nature. For God's sake, show me another team in this league that's even close to playing the amount of playoff games at home that the Lightning have had in the last four or five years. Well,
1: no, I, there's I,
2: probably there's probably not even a team within two thirds of what the Lightning have done. That's a lot of freaking money.
1: No, I agree and with that. Economy, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you're going go to go, you got the Maple game, Leafs
2: fans that are, you know want to pay triple what you paid for your fe- for your seats and you can pay for the next round by selling one game I'm just saying that it's hard you... for me to tell people not to do that so it's, it's, no, it's hard fine. for me to get on
1: I'm it. just saying like while you're there and you pay for the ticket especially oh, the especially if you're in the lower God. bowl no it's not just that if you're in the lower bowl I know I, I see those ticket prices you paid some in some cases some of y'all are paying a grand a ticket to be there for these games. Do you it's beyond you get leaving home twenty minutes earlier? Beyond leaving, it's like while you're there, why don't you act like you paid a thousand dollars to be at that game? Let's get a little crazy. Like I mean, can we have a game where people are standing up more and being Our a fans little more are cheerful? Loud. Our fans are I don't loud. think it's it's like no. I don't think it's like other markets though. No, for being honest.
2: For being honest. Um, no, it's not. And we could be better. We could be better. And we need it. And I'm game saying six. it
1: because this team really needs it if they get back after well, like game I six. Well, like
2: I said, in overtime, you know, I'm doing my bit in overtime. I look out, and it's it, like, and I know people are, you know, they get out of their seats and they go, you know, I'm not, I'm not holding people. I'm not, let's wait till JP does his thing. No, I get it. <laughs> go get your food. you got to go to the bathroom. Let's go. I have a lot of loyal fans, don't get me wrong. But I get it. But I looked out there, and it was like empty, empty. I'm like, this is a playoff game. We're going into overtime. Where is
1: everybody? I mean, you needed a cigarette and, after that. Third and period. I'm, getting... <laughs> <laughs> or something a little bit more. You needed some of Rogers' pull Ayahuasca. something out. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, yeah, it, it was. Uh, it, it was. It was not good. It was not good. Again, I hate. I'm not banging on Lightning fans, but we can be better. We can be better. We want to complain about the team and their lack of intensity in the third period. Well, hello, you know, fans. Where are you? You're leaving it, you know, four to one in the third period of a hockey game. You shouldn't be doing that. Four to two. I mean, now you're still leaving. As I say, as I say, and I didn't leave. I, you know, of course I have to do the postgame, you know? but I, 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 I would not be leaving a game that I paid that much money for. And and plus, you you are you you make a difference. You make a difference, Lightning fans. So you know you got to be in it just like the team. So let's 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 be better in game 6 and i'm counting on being there for game 6 i think i think we're going to win tomorrow night
1: you think they're going to win tomorrow huh i i'm going to i'm going to reserve my prediction until tomorrow cuz a lot of this is based on when i wake up i i usually get a feel it's a feel thing for me so let me see how it goes tomorrow all right we got some coop yeah we got a little bit of coop we can run through no
2: so coop did a little media session yesterday and uh you know a lot of this is you know about attitude. About um, you know. Well, let's listen in. Here we go.
0: Hi, John. You know, uh, you know, as as you sit there this afternoon and you have a little bit of time to kind of digest, you know, what happened last night. You know, what do you what do you think you guys have to do, or your team has to do, to get back in this series? <laughs> we got to leave a game with more goals on the board than them. That's basically <laughs> what has to happen. Thank you for um, that analysis. I, I don't know. What else to tell you? We liked a lot of our game. Um, yeah, obviously, the third period we'd probably like to have back, but it. Uh, regardless how you get to overtime, you'd like to at least take one of those, and um, we didn't take either. So, uh, it's close, just not quite good enough. So we just got to be a little bit better. Evan Klosky. Hey, John, thank you for doing this. Uh, and, and, this
3: and this is a, a, a tough question to answer, I'm sure. But is there anything to the, the overtime losses in the playoffs? It just feels like nine out of the last ten that you guys have played seems like a, an unlucky string of circumstances. And I don't know if that's just um, a coincidence or maybe it's just a, re- a regression to the mean coming off of what you guys did in 2020.
0: Uh, You know what? So I didn't know that stat. Um, I don't think any of us did. But I'll ask you this. So now you're going to have to do some work while we're on this call. What (laughs) our overtime record before that? If you take the last 10 before that in the playoffs, does anybody on this call have that number?
3: (laughs) I will look it up in the meantime.
0: All right. So now my gut feeling is it's it's going to be probably not. What did you say? It was, it's we're one and nine in our last ten, or one and
3: in... yeah, one and nine in last. Well, so
0: anyway, it's it's dreadful. Uh, but I think if you look up what happened before that, it probably is the semi close to reverse. And um, you know, it's funny that the year twenty twenty one, our second cup year, we were zero and four in overtime. Imagine what our record would have been in the playoffs if we'd eked out the reverse of that. And I right. think that cup year before that, we had a semi-decent overtime record. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, to have that... Well, to have the success we've had in the playoffs the last however long, many, many years, to have that record in overtime, it shows either how unlucky we've been of late... Or how good our team actually is to be able to hang around and go to three finals when you've been in that many overtime losses.
2: That's the thing. Knowing that stat, would you ever Evan, say that let us know they've won two cups in a row <laughs> and been to the finals? Three, I guess it three again, four, Like he said, it shows their
1: ability row. to to bounce back exactly. from these things. Exactly my point. Yeah, but how many times have they done two back to back like they did no, in this never scenario? Never happened.
2: Never happened. Um, never happened. Ninety nine percentile. <laughs> Chance of winning, win probability in the third period. You lose two in a row like that. That's that's a double gut punch. That's George Foreman hitting you twice in the solar plexus.
1: No, that was the liver quiver. The, the other liver night. quiver.
2: Yeah, you got to get off the <laughs> bat. Nah, <laughs> nah. It's tough. It's tough. But you know, here they got the extra day, which was good. I think it really it's going to help the lighting.
1: Yeah, and I saw like some of the images and and video from practice, which was going on. It might still be going on now. Yeah. At least just viewing it, like it looked like this practice was a little bit more involved. They're popping around. It looked yeah. a little bit more involved. I saw the big whiteboard out there, and I saw the entire team out there, whereas in other times it was you know voluntary and probably just a little skate here and there. Yeah. This practice today seemed a little bit more, I don't want to say intense because no practice is going to be intense, but maybe a little bit more involved.
3: Yeah.
0: Let's listen a little more. We come up with yeah, that? I don't uh, know if I, I, yeah, know if I I'm, answered I'm, it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorting through it. I'll, I'll hopefully by the end of this call. Have I don't you know if I answered your question. But. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. John Armando, go ahead. John, I know you talked about the number of screens and deflections
2: that Vasilevsky's faced in the series, yeah. but I'm curious about your overall impressions of his performance. It, is it unrealistic to expect him to just dazzle us night after night?
0: Um, like I don't. <clears throat> what has been wrong? I don't know what's been wrong with Vasilevsky's performance. If I look through this series. The Marner goal in game two for sure wants to have back. But yeah, then after yeah. that, right. like l- realistically, like what do you t- what do we goal. S- game three. saying he's done wrong other than make O'Reilly all the saves he's three. supposed to? No. Um, he's, he yeah, you know, you look Cooper at last night. Me, like you could, I don't know who you're putting, who's stopping the Achari tip? Nobody's stopping it. No, no Nobody. And who's stopping the Matthews tip nobody's stopping A that hopefully. um <laughs> which is the point. Riley goal the third one like we come off our check and completely screen our goalie and who the winning goal who's at Kerfoot's like yeah. who's stopping that you can't nobody's stopping that So I, I don't know like I don't know no goalie in the league take any goalie take the best goalies in the history of the game they're not stopping any of those. So I, that's why I'm saying I don't so how do you know, defend it? Those are unbelievable 100% chances of going in uh goals and so it's uh it's just tough that they're all happening like in one game. Mm-hmm. You rarely that, you know, those great tips and stuff like that don't always happen at the time. So um yeah. You know again, I think it the onus is on the guys in front of them to Try and be a little bit better. And exactly. in the end, give Toronto credit for some of the plays they're making. But those are some, I think, if you, God, if you took all of Toronto's games, their last 10 games, I bet you they don't have all those type goals. So it's, uh, you know, something that we got to be better at. And hopefully Toronto digresses a little bit in that department. Yeah.
1: I, I tell you what, he brings up a good point there. And the fact that they've all kind of come in bunches like this, and that's not normal. And yeah. in regards to like regressing to the mean, just to steal the saying that Evan said there, like,
2: yeah, the overtime.
1: Like they so they've the scored so out. they've scored nineteen goals in four games. Toronto has
2: eight fifty six eight percentage. Yeah,
1: and I'd venture to say seven, maybe even eight or those. I'd have to go back to all of them, but we know at least probably that number have been tips, and a lot of them from the point. And especially in the last two games, that's where majority of those goals have come from. Whereas when it's in the open play, the open run of play, they have not been able to cash in as frequent as the Lightning have from that standpoint. Agree? That's
2: absolutely 100%. So
1: maybe I mean if you and again, this is asking a lot for them after four games of going to this to figure it out now in two days before the rest of the series, but knowing that the Lightning have had them had their number during the open the open play, I mean Surely the puck luck is going to stop at some point from all these tips and getting all these great looks. That maybe that gives the Lightning some kind of hope here yeah, for the next three games. Absolutely, that's what
2: I've been saying. The Lightning have outplayed them with Hedman on the ice, with the exception of Game Two. The Lightning haven't outplayed them, and you take the third period. Okay, uh, obviously Toronto outplayed them, and I would say the third period of Game Three. There was a po- there was a point I think about ten minutes left in the game maybe even more 15 minutes where the lightning just stopped going on offense and with a one goal lead and i'm not a big fan of that but, and especially with this group this is the thing that that we we talked about the other day is the the shutdown strategy has worked for the lightning with it has really worked but it has not worked with this group as much as as well but he i think i think coop is right what you have to not do is make wholesale changes based upon puck luck going their way, because then you're making changes. You're so essentially what you're doing is we're outplaying playing them, so we're going to change what we're doing. No, you can't do that. And, if I, and I, w- I would suggest if you break down not only the tip goals that are going in for Toronto, but you go break down the last 20 high danger chances for the Lightning, <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking Nick Paul, uh, Ross Colton, um, Colorn, even the players that have scored, there have been some golden opportunities. There have. That they have, that's, you know, give Samson off credit. He stopped them. He's made some ridiculously crazy saves. And, and a lot of it's been luck. I mean, you know, the one in the slot the other day where Stamkos hits him between the eyes. I mean, that's clearly, you know, nine times out of ten, Stamkos buries that. He just does. And I think if you look at the scoring chances, and and, and you would say, if you put them all on a on a you know, on a a 10-minute tape, right? You would go, man, the Lightning must be up 3-1 in this series, (laughs) right? If you freeze it right before it goes into the goal, did it go in or did it not? You'd be like, oh, Kerfoot, that's, you know, I don't know, maybe it might go in, I don't know. But you'd be like, "Uh, Nick Paul, he's right in front of the goal. Uh, um, Hagel? Kalorn right in front of the goal. Kalorn, Hagel with the penalty shot. I mean, it's it's unbelievable the amount of opportunities Braden Point, the one that was disallowed, the one that spun on, the, that 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 puck was spinning on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, half the damn puck was over the line. It was pretty damn close. I was surprised the Lightning didn't challenge, but they must have got a look, good look at it. You know, that's another one. I mean, it, the, the puck luck has really screwed the Lightning in this. I, and I hate to go to that, but it's true. It's 100% true, which gives me some hope that they can come back in this series. That's fair. Fair? That's fair. All right, we gotta take one more break, and when we come back, we'll uh, evidently there's some breaking news that you want to get to. So you just staring at your phone like, oh this, yeah, this yeah, yeah, on yeah, your face like, oh my god. <laughs> All right, so let's minorly do minorly
1: break, minorly break. All right, yeah. right minor Big breaking story coming.
2: <laughs> big coming back. Stay with us. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italianos team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the mortgage guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to Scott at tampacom Folks, there is no better place to shop for jewelry than the gold and diamond source. They are the family jewelers, and they will treat you like family. They'll make it a fun experience. People come from all over to shop. At the Golden and diamond source because of their great customer service and incredible impeccable reputation no sales pressure no intimidation and they have the largest selection of hand-picked diamonds and by the way diamonds are the april birthstone so this month only they are offering 15 percent off their diamond birthstone collection available on to select products and you've probably heard a lot about lab created diamonds folks they hold no real value you will have no resale value whatsoever with a lab created diamond and of course is fake. It doesn't mean as much. The Golden Diamond Source has plenty of options to accommodate any budget, folks. Interest-free financing, up to five years, a layaway program, 20% down, and only six monthly payments. And of course, the Diamond Savings Account where you get full value of your diamond when you look to upgrade. It's all there for you at the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Humberton Road, always online at the goldendiamondsource.com. Ladies and gentlemen,
3: let's rock. This is Fanstream Sports with J.P. All right, welcome back
2: to the J.P. Peterson Show as we uh, wrap things up here on a hump day. Brought to you by the great folks at the Jeeves Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Italiano Insurance, the Golden Diamond Source, and American Mortgage Services. Um, hey, by the way, um, the PPL League is coming to Tampa Bay. The pat- it's called Paddleball. It's, it's actually called padel in, in, uh, in Europe, and it's a huge, huge Uh, sport worldwide and it's it's one of the fastest growing sports like it's like pickleball here it's kind of a hybrid of tennis and pickleball it's more more like a pickleball court but it's an enclosed court you can play like racquetball you can play it off the back wall the side wall it's incredibly fast and skilled Uh, i'm going to be involved in the event that's coming up in zephyr hills um over uh the next um i think it starts in a couple weeks three weeks so i'll be telling you a lot more about it um tommy haas former uh Tennis players involved in this league. Del Potro is involved in it. A um, lot of lot of big names. They've got uh, teams in in Cancun, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Arkansas, of all places. <laughs> this is kind of weird. Uh, Miami, but they're doing their 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 preseason, their season over about a five six week period. So you'll be able to go watch these matches. And I'm telling you, they are incredibly entertaining. If you've been into pickleball and tennis, you you have got to see this stuff. It is amazing. I'll put some clips up. On my on my Twitter, uh, but um, yeah, I, and I'm going to tell you all about it. How to get involved? You just you know, if you've been into pickleball, you've got to see this. And I don't know if this is going to overtake pickleball or whatever, because pickleball is going crazy. But it's very similar to it, and it's going to be phenomenal to watch. So I, I'm very excited about it uh, to be part of it, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. Just take a day and go go on up there. This beautiful tennis center they have up there. They're bringing in a court. They're literally bringing in this court. Um, to set up, it's going to be a great setup. Um, and I have a lot of fun doing it. So, something different for you to watch. Something I guarantee you, you will be thoroughly entertained if you go to this thing. It's going to be fun, and we're going to have <laughs> DJs, the whole nine. It's going to be fun. What do you got? The commanders?
1: Well, the commanders have not picked up the fifth year option on Chase Young. That's interesting. Which I, I don't know if it's like breaking, breaking. It just kind of stunned me at first because it's a former first-round pick or first overall pick. Boy, remember, I mean, we talk about all these draft picks and how they turn out. He and got hurt, but, right? He got hurt, you know, towards ACL. He's played 12 games the last two years with like a sack and a half. I mean, but what a monster. When he was playing. Oh, yeah. Monster. So,
2: he's so, going We free. put so much on his draft. That he, there's a can't-miss pick. He's going to be a free agent now it's next done, year. But it's done nothing, really. Not much. I mean, yeah. Defensive player healthy, rookie yeah, I of I mean, year. Yeah, his healthy seasons, he was amazing. But he, was, he hasn't been the consistent impact player that they'd hoped he would be because of injury. Yeah. So, it just, you know.
1: so they want to wait and see rather than committing, you know, I think it's like $18 million around there yeah. to him for the fifth year. Or so. Makes uh, sense. Mildly Makes still interesting. Him. Yeah. I wish another team who had a draft pick would have not picked up their fifth-year option. But anyway. Yeah, you know, true. Other teams are doing their due diligence. Uh, uh, anything else that we, we <laughs> missed? Remarkably, any? we made it the entire show without mentioning the Rays. Oh, that's right. They, well, they lost. Screw but, them. But, I mean, I'm just going to be completely honest here. 5-0 nothing shutout. Nothing really to... Nothing good happened. Nothing. Nothing, I think nothing to talk about here. No. Uh, Drew Rasmussen, I will say, has been a little shaky with the uh, the command here the last three starts. I'm not worried. Not worried any not by worried. any means. Tough lineup. But yeah. <clears throat> one of those blow-up innings. I think all four or five runs were scored in one inning. He's, that's what he's done this year. Uh, uh, Randy had, Rosarena had a... Uh, I'm not sure what he was going for on that, on that hard liner hit to left.